What's up, gamers? Welcome to Battle Mallet Podcast, episode 36, Secondary Objectives, Adepticon, Nova, and more. The Battle Mallet Podcast is uh, the journey of two to four busy gamers uh, on their road to Nova, which is actually so far happening this year. It's happening. And we're registered. Uh, playing games that they love and balancing life with those games. Tonight, I am joined by Jason Tabled Noob Murray. Good evening, I guess. I always yes. say good evening every time. But, we do. Because we record in the evening. So we do record in the evening. It's okay. It's natural. But I'm glad uh, to be here because I am jazzed. So much stuff has happened. So much uh, stuff to talk about. There is a lot. Uh, before we get into everything, though, uh, anyone that is a regular listener will know that our titles have been episode, uh, our epi- our titles have been episoded. Our really? episodes have have been like titled all thirty nine of them. <laughs> Hex Ed lately, uh, and that is in reference to the fact that we are talking about Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, if you see an episode titled Secondary Objectives, that basically means that we're going to talk about whatever we want to. Uh, it's not going to be focused on any one particular game or event. Uh, and then as we uh, create more focused episodes in the future, we will try to come up with clever subtitles for those as well. Uh, but this episode uh, is is going to be, um, well, the number of topics is pretty small. Whether it, it results in a short episode or not uh, will remain to be seen. Um, the, the first thing that we'll get into is uh, Trace and I had the opportunity to sit down with Gerard, the Professor Pedro. Uh, who uh, went to Adepticon to play Warhammer Underworlds. And so we talked to him about his experience there uh, and and the choices he made uh, as far as Warband and strategy uh, and then some general conversation about the Warhammer Underworlds meta. Uh, and I can't, then can't wait to listen. I know. I'm so sad that you couldn't make that. but I know. But Balancing about- Life's in the games, you know, recorded uh, the other night and uh, my son decided to fall into a dresser like literally the hour before we're supposed to get on. So had to go to, had to go to the ER for the second time this month. So, yeah. So exciting. (laughs) So exciting. Um, but he is okay. Like just so everyone is aware, like he's absolutely fine. Just a real deep cut inside his ear. They didn't even stitch it because it's so deep. They're like, that would be bad. So I couldn't, I've never heard a doctor say that, but he's good. He's on the mend. Awesome. He's a tough little bugger anyway. Uh, So that he is. Yeah. Um, so after that, uh, we will talk about uh, our Nova schedules, uh, amongst other things. I think uh, I think that the the second segment is going to be uh, a lot of Jason and I choosing our secondary objectives to talk about. So, right. um, but I guess before we get into that, uh, Jason, what have you been up to lately? Not a con. Not a con. So I mean, that's where we'll start because we've been up to a lot, really. Like. Yeah. I don't like the the world seems to have opened up and honestly like I've gotten out to play quite a bit in the last few weeks slash month and then with with everything that's been going on with the the registration it sparked a lot of play um, but you and I were debating on going to Adepticon we were and it was, we had a a, a a hair's breadth of dew on a fairy's wing of a prayer. <laughs> Of a chance to go, and it it was it was it was fairly close for me. Like, um, you know, I guess in the planning stage, um, COVID was still a factor, right? Right. Um, 
so my wife was not particularly happy with me going to Adepticon with COVID. And the reason why is my daughter's birthday is that weekend. So I would be returning and then my in-laws would be exposed if I was exposed. So that was the concern. But as I did mention a couple seconds ago, in a twist of fate, uh, my daughter broke her arm rollerblading. Um, and her follow-up appointment was on the day of the Grand Clash. You know, long story short, she is okay now, but it w- did require two trips to the ER and a surgery. Um, so, yeah, that that dashed all hopes of Adepticon. But it led to, one, my daughter is awesome and resilient and grew up just a little bit. Um, but probably one of the best days of gaming that I've had in a very, very long time. Because we had that Friday off, so yep. we played games all day, all day, to the point where Sarah said, "Wow, you guys were really intense and really focused." Yes, yes, we were. Yeah. So, what did we play that day, Jared? Yeah. So we got a we did a, a best of two in Warhammer Earned Worlds. Um, not add any <laughs> flavor commentary to that. Why was it best of two? I well, thought you played best of three. Well, normally you do, but when Morgoth comes in and crumps some vampires, uh, it, uh, it quickly devolves into a best of two match. So, yeah. So in kind of in prep for Adepticon, I mean, first off, shout out to what we were gonna take to Adepticon. Like, yes, I was hard on rats, and I mean that with pun intended. Like, I yep. thought they could do really well. Mine was a little bit different of uh, deck than what Jimmy played, but it was more murder rats. Like, yes, I did have some hold stuff, but I really went into the illusions and weapons. And you were playing vampires. So it was. Yep. Kudos to you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I tried yeah. Tr- trying to figure out a, a hunger build that was a little, I think, counter to the full on aggro meta that we're seeing. Um, could be a little bit more reactionary in it. It worked pretty well against your very aggressive rats, but it did not work as well against very aggressive auric brutes. Yes. So, so on the the not a con day, I was practicing with some other other people in the community, and I played a lot of crushers. And I have not played a lot of crushers in real life, so I'm like, screw it, I'm gonna bring this deck. It is like all aggro all day. If I miss an attack, it is not a pretty sight for the deck. But my dice, whoo, it was... Oh, they were smoking. good. Smoking. We're good. It was good, but it was fun. It was, yeah, it was fun. That's why it was the best of two. That's why it was the best of two. But then what did we play after that? Um, then we went to MCP. Yeah, we did. And that was a lot of fun. Um, we hadn't played in a couple of months. And uh, you got to bring out all your nice painted models. My, my newly painted models, yeah. So I, got I was, uh, so I mean we, I, we can go into some detail for anybody that's listening that plays. So I was running the X Force affiliation. I had Cable and Colossus, Domino, X twenty three, and Honey Badger. Colossus, you said Colossus, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. And Colossus, Honey Badger, and X twenty three were pretty fresh off the painting table. They were. They I was were. Super excited to get them on the actual gaming table. And I, I played my 
normal Avengers. So when I play MCP, I love to play Avengers because I love Captain America and Bucky or Winter Soldier. Um, I had to throw Vision in there because I think we went up one power level because I would normally run um, Sam Captain America as well. Uh, and then Iron Man and War Machine. And, um, you know, we like, again, we don't play MCP a lot, but every single time we play, it is so much fun. Oh, my gosh. So, so yeah. And it, uh, it opened with a big play from you, like Cable just taking that freshly painted gas station and whipping it across just, the table. Just talking it. Yeah. Yeah. Cable did some work in that opening opening activation shot, Bucky. No, no, he I don't he think he that. shot him. Yeah, no, he, he threw, moved. He just threw that. And then I threw the gas station at Bucky and then I shot Cap, who was hiding behind Cap. the gas station. Yep. No. Yep. So it was pretty big was pretty big it kind of put me on my back feet the entire game um vision and colossus just had a slug fest yeah. over on one objective just slugging it out um oh you also had domino did you mention domino i did not uh, yeah i did i did mention you domino. domino okay you see a domino there in the middle yep. um and then but who took out war machine because like war machine did absolutely nothing for me he like ran up grabbed an objective and then got beat up I don't even think I attacked with them. No, I don't think you. I think it was X-23, man. She can do some work. Yeah. So, I mean, just to get a little crunchy, she has an innate reroll on her fighter card. And then when she's in X-Force, she gets another reroll on every attack. So she's, I mean, provides some, some, some strength to her, for sure. She did. Uh, but Iron Man did do, did do some of the things, like got off a, ricochet blast and whatnot so we did it was very very close we actually went to overtime we did um, yeah end of round three we were both at 22 points and the game is supposed to end when you get to 16 but if there's a tie you keep going so on to ot we went we did and then you stopped me and avenged your vampire loss i did i did it was a lot of fun. A lot of crits. Love those games with crits. Yes. Uh, and then we had a little bit of time, and we've ex- been exploring this new game, um, for at least new game for us. Sure. And we were very hesitant at first to get into this game, but um, they came out with some really killer models, and yes. so we got in our second. Well, it's our third. We have yet to complete any game of it, but we got into our third game of Kill Team. Yes. And uh, yeah. then we then we fought. We did. And <laughs> by the when it was time to end, I had three El, Eldari Corsairs left, and you had three Legionaries. Legionaries. Yep, Heretic yep. Legionaries left, and that is not a that is not an even matchup for anyone that is not familiar with the game. That is, <laughs> tipped heavily in jason's favor i was but we're still we're still learning that game and i think that the point is and you know we can kind of tease it now what we will have an episode upcoming on how to play kill team kind of like the basics of what it is um but we've played one full game without all the rules so we left off like tech ops and um, equipment equipment and that was really fun, like very vanilla, but both of us had no idea what was doing. Yeah. Then we basically set up a game and played one turn with everything. Um, and then this game, we were going to try to get it all in, but 
we just ran out of time because the setup and equipment and roster selection and tack ops just it took too long for us. Um, but you know, I make the, the, the joke that we fought because we've been playing games like through COVID it's been you and I playing a lot of games, um, through the last two and a half years. And I don't think we've had a disagreement since our last 40 K game. I don't until, and it wasn't really even a disagreement in this kill team game, but like we haven't had to stop playing to figure something out like that since yeah. we played 40 K. Like I legit during the game was like, I don't understand. Like I get that this is what it is. I believe what you're telling me, but I don't understand it. And we'll get more of that in our full kill team episode. Um, but I mean, what are your thoughts? Like I, I am intrigued enough with kill team to keep grinding away and trying to get a full game in when we have time. Uh, you know, I kind of like it. It has crits. Yeah. It checks the box. It has crits. Crits check. It's set in the 40 K universe. Yep. Which, which we love. Uh, it does not require 40 models. Yeah. What, how much did you bring? Like you brought, we had three games worth of stuff and how many bags did you have with you? Well, I had, I mean, I didn't really even need the bag. I think I, if I only brought the bag cause my MCP binder, like I just have all of my MCP stuff in one binder and it's just easier to, but I mean, if I hadn't brought that, I could have picked out my MCP fighter cards and, and all of my dice and stuff. And like, I, it would have been like three, three boxes worth of, like three standard board game size boxes worth of stuff. It was like no one, stuff at all. Yeah, I had like one miniature case. I had my Hero D box. I had my MCP box, which holds all of the terrain that I need for a table. And then I had my backpack, which had all the widgets. Like it had laser pointers and measuring devices and dice and all that stuff. Yeah. But that so, could have just been as easily been like a, a fanny pack. That's how much stuff is required. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And to just put it in perspective for our listeners, when he says he brought the train for MCP, like I didn't supply any train for MCP. I had the the mat, like the mat on the table was the only thing that I provided for that. Yep. And then I provided the train for Kill Team. Um, so it was just cool to travel light and be able to play three tabletop games. So yeah, three different games. Yep. Yeah. And not carry, an, you know, army cases worth of figures around. So, so, but I kind of cut you off. You're like your thoughts on kill team. Like, yeah, no, I mean, it's good. So yeah. So I mean, we talked that it has crits checks that box, um, set in the 40 K universe, which is awesome. Um, alternating activations. And that's something that we've talked about before in regards to games. Um, it's one of the reasons that we like Marvel crisis protocol so much is that there is, it's more interactive than your standard. I go, you go, which is what we see in the current 40 K and age of Sigmar. Um, and I mean, regardless of the universe, oh God, the models are so good. Like I, I get that the, that the, um, the heretic legionaries, the chaos space Marines is literally just the chaos space Marine box plus a, an upgrade sprue, but those sculpts are modern and new. And then the upgrade sprues just add a ton of flavor. Yeah. And then, and the same thing is true really for the, 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 um, Corsairs team. It really is a, a box of a unit. You could equip every all ten models with rifles. You could equip all ten models with pistols and power weapons, or you can build out all of the unique characters. Um, but with all of those options, you get these like really dynamic 
just gorgeous sculpts, um, which I'm, a, I'm apparently a big fan of the Eldari sculpts because that's <laughs> what I've been painting lately. That is what you've been painting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so just to like just to finish up my my hobby progress of what I've been up to, really Kill Team has taken a lot of that space for me. I haven't painted anything, oh shocker, but I've assembled ten um, guardsmen, uh, Kree guardsmen. I've assembled twenty novitiates. Uh, I've assembled twenty Tau Pathfinders, and I assembled ten um, Chaos. Space Marines. Um, I haven't gotten to the orcs yet, but they're on the table. And I think that's yeah, because I didn't do the Corsairs yet. So yeah. plus plus a bunch of terrain, so we had the right terrain to play um on that. Man, all the ding dings. All the Discord pop-ups. Um so that's been my hobby progress, but so you we mentioned paint twice now. Jared, and you've been a painting fool, and you mentioned Eldar. Something really cool happened that triggered this. It did. So, starting in February, I was working on the Yinkarn. I bought the Yinkarn, I think, about a year ago. I think that we were trying to revamp 40k. Um, was it two years ago? It was two. It was two years because it was right after the original Nova cancellation in the the camp the cabin trip oh my gosh wow yeah <laughs> yeah okay so i bought the triumvirate of the Iniad. you need however that's pronounced um with some aspirations of playing uh yanari army because i think the lore is cool and part of that was sparked off because i bought the novels because i was itching for things to read to keep myself immersed in the 40k universe and so i was reading those novels and i bought the models and i had assembled them two years ago and then they were just sitting assembled on a shelf not even primed and i just got it in my head that i thought that the eldritch omens box was really cool and there were whispers of us maybe getting back into 40k and if that was the case i was going to try out the new eldari because of the whole release of models so i told myself that i was not going to open eldritch omens until i finished my triumvirate so i painted the incarn and I liked it a lot. And then I painted the Visarch. And I posted a picture of the Visarch on Twitter. And I tagged um, Luis Sugden, who is the presenter for Warhammer TV Masterclass Tutorials, because she did an excellent tutorial on painting crystal blades. And I followed that tutorial to paint the crystal blade. And I achieved kind of a minor hobby goal that I didn't really know that I had until it happened. And my miniature was featured on the Warhammer Community Hobby Roundup. Um, Congratulations. That was super cool um, to, to hear, um, to hear uh, you know, the, the Warhammer TV presenters talk about my model. Um, and that was super cool. Uh, and then shortly after that, I finished up Yvrain and the Warhammer Community Twitter account retweeted. Um, my picture and it went semi-viral i mean viral as far as i'm concerned um, <laughs> as far as my twitter account is concerned it's you know it, it it's nothing groundbreaking but for for my twitter feed to get more than seven likes is is 
pretty impressive. And it, I think last I checked, it's like over 120 or something. Um, so it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. And it like has really like spurred me to just keep painting. Um, and so like, I've also tainted, painted a ton of Marvel Crisis Protocol um, really since the new year, but a lot since uh, since I got my hands on all of the the last release of mutant models. So, yeah, you've, um, you've knocked through them pretty well. Um, and I, you know, I think the, the hobby, uh, the Warhammer on T Warhammer TV hobby shout out was kind of the icing on the cake because you really pushed yourself on those models too. Like you've been playing, painting a lot of Marvel crisis protocol this year and even a few underworlds models, but you've been kind of doing like the just tabletop, standard style of paint that's true and those 40k ones you you i mean you hand painted each each gem man i did like not, not a glaze or not a uh, the technical paint you actually yeah. painted and highlighted them yeah yeah did the 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 classic gem where you have your base color and then you put a darker tone across the top and then two lighter colors on the bottom and then a dot back on the top and it i mean it looks like a reflective gemstone when you do that. And it's awesome. And the other thing that I did on all of those models that I have never done before is I did non-metallic metal for the gold. And that was a real stretch. Um, but I mean, true shout out to, to the masterclass tutorials, the Citadel color masterclass tutorials on Warhammer TV. I would say that it is worth the price of subscribing for a month or two just to watch those to up your hobby game because i have never glazed like i glazed to paint those swords and it i mean it looks good like it looks like it honestly just looks good and it and i wish i could say that like it was all my technique but like it was watching that video and and doing it three times i i did it the first time on the on the yinkarn and it looked fine then I did it on the Visarch and it looked pretty good. But the last one that I did on your brain is probably the smoothest. But it's a process that it takes you. I mean, realistically, two hours to paint one sword. So it is not a speedy process. For you. For me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, an expert could do it. Or if you're if. So when I get around to painting the Void's Guard, if I do all of their power weapons in that style, I'll be able to assembly line it. So I may be able to paint 10 swords in two hours, but because it's glazing and you thin your paint so much, you really have to wait for each layer to be completely dry before you can add the next one. Otherwise, it smears or pulls or or leaves marks behind. So, But it was it, Yeah, I've had a lot of fun painting. Cool. I think the other thing, too, that I do want to mention for you and uh, – in your hobby painting success you changed something in your room which i think is driving your ambition to paint that's true no it is true and actually i told my wife that that i would say something about this the next time we record it so i'm glad that you brought it up so balancing life and games balancing life in general for anyone that doesn't know for the past two years we, i've been working remotely from home and my desk has been in the walk-in closet in our bonus room uh, because that was a space where I could get some quiet and be out of the way of the family. And we planned that when we only had two kids, when there was potential for the kids to be in the bonus room while I was working to watch TV or 
play a board game or whatever. And then the bonus room is going to be used by the family to do board game nights, movie nights, whatever. Then we have a third child. Um, and the child, the baby sleeps upstairs because that's where all of the bedrooms are. And that means that the bonus room is not getting used for anything really at this point, except for me to maybe watch something on TV late at night. So we rearranged our upstairs. We moved the two kids that are sharing a room into the big bonus room. And then I got the room that was now open. So now I literally have an office. And so sitting behind me are two Ikea cabinets with LED lights where my models on are on display. And I've been in this hobby for 22 years. And I think it's the first time my, any of my models have ever been on display. And it's pretty exciting because I can just spin my chair around and look at my LED lit models that I have painted. And it definitely drives the hobby. Like, not only can I see what I've done, but I also see empty space on my shelf. And like, oh, I know what I can fill that with. Let me grab this model and start working on it. Good. I'm happy that you're out, out of the Harry Potter closet into a full room. And more importantly, you know, it is it is a big part of what you do to relax and the fact that you can put it out there and share it. And I know not to speak for Trace, but when Trace got his display cabinets, had kind of the same effect on him. Like he's very proud to show them. And even though I don't paint, I love having my display cabinet, um, you know, with the stuff that I've paid for. It's a just cool, like you said, cool to look at it. And yeah. I'm glad that you're being able to enjoy it. And more importantly, I'm glad that you're able to put that impression onto your children every time they come into the room to see really cool painted models. Yeah. Yeah. They do. And they like the LED strips too, because they can change the colors. So they're always grabbing the remote, <laughs> making the lights pink or orange or whatever. That's cool. You also got some other games in, like you want to talk about games played. Yeah. So, um, so I recently got a game of another game of Mar Marvel crisis protocol in with, uh, with trace and, so we'll kind of tease it here. Um, prior to this game, whenever we played Marvel Crisis Protocol, we basically said, pick, pick a threat level, build a thematic team. We'll come and play and we'll just see what happens. So, but there's a full game, there's a full pre-game step to Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, and because, spoiler alerts, We've all signed up for Marvel Crisis Protocol at Nova in one form or another. We want to get that style of game in in practice. And so we actually played a full a full game in. Um, I ran X-Men this time. And because of the mission that we picked, I got to use all of my painted women, my X-Women. Um, so it was <laughs> Storm, Jean Grey, Magic, Domino, X-23, and Honey Badger against traces criminal syndicate and it was a good game like it was there was some there was some back and forth um but it was a lot of fun even doing the pregame part um it honestly reminded me of the way that i feel about constructing a deck for underworlds that i'm making decisions before anything touches the table that will guide the way that i play the game beyond just what is on the fighter card. Um, and it so it scratches that similar itch uh, in a game that is probably that is more complex to play in that there are measuring devices and there are you know range devices and 
you know, non-discrete movement units, right? Underworlds is hex-based, so if you're move three, you move three hexes. Well, this one is, it's not as clear-cut. So it creates a different puzzle to solve. Um, but, but I mean, it was a ton of fun, and um, and we had a good time, and it just got some clutch plays on both sides. Um, but, yeah. Good. I mean, um, to your point, I have not, I don't even think I've read the rule book on how to create a roster. Like, in oh. all, I, all I know about it, priority, because, like, priority plays a big part on, like, who picks the card or whatever. Right. Like, I know that, but only because I have to read on how priority works. Right. But I've never played with it. I've never put it into my thought of the game. So it is kind of intriguing to to do, to add that part to it. But, I mean, I'm... I mean, another spoiler alert. Guess what I'm going to bring to Nova if I end up by playing MCP? Uh, Avengers. Oh, there you go. So yeah. it doesn't matter. It's going to be Avengers all day. Yeah. So yeah. I like it. <laughs> well, good. And then, um, you know, we didn't, we have, we've gotten in a number of games with Lunch Spire as well. Um, you tried out the Pirate. How did that Yeah, go? Black Powder. That did not go well. It did too. It went You're really so- well for you. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a lot closer than what we thought it was going to be because yes. you know so we played it was this was only last week friday i played the the crushes into black powder and it was you just pull the deck randomly off our off our discord and um yeah i think i had i had a scything attack with ard skull that killed three fighters in a single attack you did it was it was amazing was i amazing. um i defended the first six single dice defense rolls that i had you did but then in the end in the end it was still a very close well a closer score it was than relatively close yeah yeah it was like 16 12 or something like that yeah 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 the difference was only four which yeah which is felt pretty like close it more yeah it, it felt like it was gonna be i yeah yes <laughs> i, I actually like it anymore <laughs> i actually because you know, for our listeners that don't know, I don't, I've been in a position when we've played games where people have been like, they've gotten the advantage and be like, oh, do you want to stop? Do you want to quit? Do you want, and so I don't, I have a hard time doing that because when someone does that to me, it makes me feel like you're rubbing it in my face that you're just stomping my, my face in. Yeah. Um, but this game, after that roll, I looked at Jared, I was like, you want, you want to end it? Like that's how bad it one sided. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I knew that I didn't, I didn't think legitimately that after that, that there was going to be a way for me to win the game, even if you didn't score anything else. And I scored everything else in my deck that I was eligible to score. But to your point, especially spoilers, we're playing in the grand clash at Nova, like <laughs> every, Every activation that you can play is experience that will build. So how do you make the best out of this awful situation? And especially at a, something like a Grand Clash where glory differential may come into play. Yeah. If you concede, if I concede and just stop scoring stuff and let you run up the score, but then we go to, you know, we end up with a tie or we go to game three, that glory differential affects seeding the next round which could make your game your next game easier or my game easier or harder or whatever so 
you know, I think in a fully competitive setting, it's worth continuing to play it out to see, to stretch and and work those decision-making muscles, but also to get in the habit of trying to close that glory difference. So, yeah. And the other piece there too, is your opponent may show more of their deck, right? For games two and games three. Correct. So, yeah. but anyway, this is not a full Underworlds podcast. So we'll just move on to the, the next note that I have and uh, we're still like, I understand we're still in like, what have we been up to? We've been up to a lot though. We've been up to a lot. And uh, with Adepticon, there was a awesome GW preview. So I think we should just take, you know, a moment to talk about some of this stuff. Um, First off, you did mention Warhammer TV. I'd like, cause we, we have not. So this is just straight off the cuff. Did you watch the Hammer and Bolter Nurgle episode one? I did. What was your thoughts on that one? It it didn't feel like as substantive as the other ones, but like there were parts of it that I appreciated because it showed the like how internally divisive the, the chaos faction can be. Yeah. Because you have a Nurgle yeah, Space Marine Sorcerer, who's just like totally boning over <laughs> his, essentially his bodyguards. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, I don't know, it did it just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't speak to me the same way, like like the Inquisitor one with the assassin, like that was just awesome, like action storytelling. And then I really liked the um the Adeptus Mechanicus one with the the um the Castellan robot. The Castellan robot and and truly showing like how alien the mindset of uh, a tech priest is with regards to like a baseline human. Like your worth is significantly less than that of my Castellan robot, so don't care whether you live or die as long as me and my robot can stay alive and we can find the thing that I'm looking for. Because the thing that I'm looking for, in my mind, is infinitely more valuable than any number of human lives. So, um, like, that, I mean, yeah. yeah, it just, I mean, yeah. And it, and it may be that I just don't, uh, I don't identify with Nurgle or chaos space marines or whatever but i don't know it just didn't speak to me the same way i'm right there with you like you know it actually this like i've liked them all except um the yark and the the orc one which is wasn't terrible i just didn't care for it but i have liked all of them um this one felt rushed it felt like there was literally like a part of the story that just wasn't there Mm, yeah like like I, I wasn't making it and maybe I need to watch it again because it was late at night and I was not fully awake at certain points. But the when they when he's flying the the ship against the Imperium and then all of a sudden the Imperium just does what happens to them. I was like, how it had to do something with space time, the warp, but I just didn't make the connection. Yeah. Um so anyway, there's that and then uh the Exodite, I guess, on this coming Wednesday is going to have its third episode. The third episode and the finale, I believe. 
This is the finale. So, yeah. so. I do like that one. The animation. I do. That's really cool. And it's I, I, visually, I think it looks pretty good. I think that there are some hiccups in the animation, but like. Don't care. Yeah. Just, yeah. Suspension cool. of disbelief has never been a problem for me. Like, <laughs> I can thoroughly enjoy what others may call bad cinema, bad television, or whatever, which is totally fine. I get it. I understand looking at something through looking at something through a critical lens and whether it's worth your time or not and and whether it is fulfilling to your needs in your media consumption. I get it. I'm not going to fault anyone for that. Oh, I am. I'm going to fault I'm, them all. But I am more than happy to watch Blade Trinity. That was on last night, and Ryan Reynolds is awesome. He is freaking jacked in that movie too. So yeah, that well, he's yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. Um, but that was like my first exposure to Ryan Reynolds' like sense of humor, and then after yeah. that, I watched The Waiting. Anyway, um, but yeah, like so, you know, that's a good point with the animation. Like that, that has always been what I've seen in the reviews that people get stuck up on. Um, is like, you know, they go from a 3D image to a 2D image or there's a shutter or frame rate loss. And it's like, it, it's not a AAA title. Like we're not, it's not, but anyway. We're not there yet. But where we are is the preview section. And that is a great segue for what I thought was the best trailer ever. Oh my gosh, that horsey heresy game. trailer. Oh my goodness. So it we 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 all watched amazing. it together. We were all yeah. in Discord on video with it running live. For whatever reason, Jason was like two seconds ahead of Trace and I, but like watching all of our reactions to that, like to that trailer was a lot of fun. Like just the visuals, just Horace just stoically like stone faced. Just walking right, like yeah, the the Titans, the orbital strike, the the tanks shooting and the recoil on the tanks, yeah, the multiple characters, the multiple power weapons, like this is the trailer to end all trailers. It was awesome. I am yes. super excited to see what they do with the Horus Heresy line. I will say it was the most like I remember it was probably an hour after that trailer ended. And I'm like. I like I just kept saying I'm so disappointed. I am so disappointed because that I thought it was epic. Like that announcement trailer had so much stuff in it that I really thought they were announcing epic to come yeah. back. And yeah. that'll be the game that I sell everything for to get into is epic. So but trailer really cool. Really looking forward to the heresy game update. We've never played Heresy, but it's always been intriguing. And like we've already stated, anything that could get us back into that um, 40K style of um, narrative would be really cool. And the models, like the models that they've already previewed, the plastic models do look good. But when does GW model not look good? I mean, that's fair. I'm going to counter you. We actually have played 30K. It's called 7th Edition Warhammer 40K. Yes, we have. Well, and it seems that so many people play Marines. Yeah, you you got me there. Good job. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, 
another epic epic preview was the announcement of knights yeah those chaos knights are i mean those are awesome looking like i want to buy the the chaos one just for that like the dog skull head that's pretty cool like i want to like use that in and like figure out a way to use it in my ocr army somehow (laughs) like it's cool the war dog or whatever he's called i just like the twist like gw doesn't often get me right so like we're sitting there we're watching it and you think it's the night update like which wouldn't be a huge surprise like knights need to be updated right and then all of a sudden the guy that's talking is like like skewered to a chaos knight it was yeah yeah so cool and such a they caught me off guard so good job gw for keeping me on my toes and the models look amazing, amazing, yes. amazing. Yeah. So there's a lot of character there that for me does not exist in the like the loyalist chaos knight range. There's just it just feels very drab visually for me mm-hmm. for the the loyalist chaos knights. And so or loyalist chaos knights, the loyalist knights. Um, so to see like all of the cool care, like the chains arranged in the, you know, in the mark of corn and the, the giant tusks coming off of the helmet and stuff, it just, it's pretty sweet. It is really cool. Um, and then I guess, well, before we get to the, to the one that I'm excited to talk about. Sure. Sure. Um, just what are your thoughts on, necromunda the the ash wastes like just we've never played it now there's some vehicles in it like what are your does it intrigue you any more to play it now i mean so the what is it the tabletop inquirer the like warhammer the onion equivalent or whatever yep Mm -hmm. yeah they had a when they originally announced the necromunda ash wastes at lvo yeah, there was just a teaser trailer for just it. Just like a teaser trailer for it. They had like a headline that was like, you know, LVO preview crowd secretly wishes they were the cool kids in the back of the room that are super stoked or whatever. Because mm-hmm. like, armies wax and wane, metas change and grow and shift, rules come and go. People come in and out of 40K. But I feel like the people that play Necromunda, like every time I've ever been like in a store where people are playing Necromunda or I've gone to an event and there are people playing Necromunda, like I think Necromunda is the jet ski of miniatures games. (laughs) Like I've never seen anybody unhappy playing Necromunda. And I think that there is a secret there that intrigues me. But I don't know if it's enough to start a new game. Yeah, well... What we do know about Necromunda is it's intense. It's a lot of stat blocks. It's a lot of record keeping. It is yeah. a all immersive plus a lot of terrain. Yeah. I would argue with you that their Blood Bowl is like the one. Oh, maybe game, Blood Bowl. Maybe Blood Bowl one, is the jet ski. Of, yeah. I would okay, say Blood, Blood Bowl is jet ski. Like Necromunda might be the Ford Ranger, right? Like everybody okay. had a Ford Ranger at one time, right? Fair. Okay. <laughs> and loved it loved it yeah oh i remember my remember my first truck it was great yeah okay that's um 
Yeah, and the pagan blood bowl reveal was kind of cool. That's true. Um, uh, does, I like. It, does does the ale pig? Does it beat Dune Claw? No, definitely not. I love Dune Claw. I mean, I guess they could work together, and Dune Claw can crack the keg. You tap the keg. <laughs> there you go. There you pincer. go. <laughs> They're on that equal will, footing. That will be funny when the pig gets runner-up model of the year next year. We're gonna make oh, that yeah. happen. Um, and then, you know, the, what is most relevant to you and I, they announced the next warband for Underworlds and the Exiled Dead. Yeah. So just what, what do you, what do you think? I mean, but it's cool. I, and I think one of the things that I really appreciate about, appreciate about Warhammer underworlds is that it it provides these glimpses into the age of sigmar universe without the design team the rules team the the whole team having to come up with a full-fledged army for it so yeah. we we, we kind of saw that first with the karnathi the, mm-hmm. the wild hunt skates wild hunt that the, the, there's some faction of elf goat deer hybrid running around in the age of sigmar that exists that's part of you know the eight realms um but they got to introduce that without fully fleshing it out um and and they get to kind of do the same thing that there is a form of resurrection within the age of sigmar universe that does not inherently tap into the magic of shaish it is outside of nagash's control and I mean, for the lore nut in me, like I just think that that's fascinating. And and then on top of that, like you've got this like Frankenstein's monster theme going on with these miniatures that I think yeah. just I think it just looks cool. I think they look cool. I'm I'm really excited to see how they play because um, it looks like they've introduced a like a play style that is similar to but not exactly like anything that we've seen before the fact that the leader can make everybody else move is similar to the sepulchral guard but it's not exactly the same yeah and i'm curious like i know that the card has been snipped and you can kind of read the right hand side um, that has the powers listed where like we can make everyone move but i i need to see it fully right like there's definitely the end of it that's missing that like I don't know what else, what else they can do. Like, what's the downfall of that? Like, is there a, a perk to it? Um, I just think it's really cool. Like, it's a vampire, like a vampire necromancer. Like, I did not, I did not see yeah. that coming. And you know, the models are a little underwhelming to me, to be honest. Except yeah. the leader model and whatever that weird thing is that's like got like a mask over, like with hair and is like bent over whatever that thing is like almost like a ghoul looking thing oh the one that's doing the superhero landing yeah the superhero landing those those two are really cool um i definitely like the halberd like the the zombie that was once a soldier um but you are you are right like the the frankenstein monster kind of pillars coming in and out of them yeah um like 
arc walkers, I guess, because it says all the arc walkers are conductive fighters. Yeah. Interested to see that. Um, but it's to go back to a seven model warband. Like we uh, yeah, haven't I'm, seen that in forever. No, I guess the Grimwatch was the last time we had seven models, right? Yeah. And then what is that, like 20 seasons ago now? Yeah, I think so. Approximately. Approximately. I keep forgetting that, I mean, uh, we don't have them, so, like, it's it's hard for me to keep them at front of mind. But, like, I think I think I still had it in my head that there were six of them. But, no, there are seven. I mean, I'm counting, like, people on the picture. Seven. Yeah, yeah. No, there's four people with diodes on them. And then the leader, and then superhero landing, and zombie soldier. So, yeah. And the one card that they previewed the was spell a spell. That, yeah. So yeah. if cast, move, or attack, each friendly inspired conductive fire makes can make an action of the kind you pick. Yeah. Um, and players cannot use reactions while the spell is being resolved. So, I mean... That could be if they're all conductive. That's like seven fight, seven yeah, attacks, right? seven moves. And yeah. granted, it's and then if no reactions can be made, so. then you're not getting um, whatever the the, the yeah. crushes card that lets you attack back when you're hit. You're not getting the ripus card that lets you attack back when you're getting hit. You can't yeah. counter charge. Well, you couldn't charge anyway because it's a move or attack on that. Oh, it is a move or attack. Yeah, yeah. What's that? No, there's the other one, the companion. The companion one. Yeah. I forget that's what it's the one called. that's during an attack action. Yeah. You can't do any of those. You can't yeah. play a damage mitigation ploy. None yeah. of that. We'll see how it all plays out. Yeah. Um, but the, the skin wrap over the leader, uh, which I'm assuming that that's what it is. That's what it looks like. Some sort of covering over. Yeah. Uh, his or her face, and then uh, all the hands. Like, what is up yeah, with all the hands? Yeah, what's that about? I don't know. <laughs> it's creepy. Well, good. Like, I'm, you know, I'm super excited to get add another war band to the mix, um, yep. and see how it how it all plays out. Um, and then the only other thing that I believe was on, and I clicked off the page that. So this the the new uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Season of War. So they're introducing seasons to Age of Sigmar, and now they're introducing um, I don't what are they calling him? This I don't know. Is, are they? I don't want to say the wrong. Yeah, yeah. The Kron Spine Incarnate of Gur. So they're introducing beings of magic that are not in the spells, I guess, but like are representative of the realm for that season, I guess. So, but it's this cool, like Amber magic based. Yeah. Creature thing, which is again, I mean, just knocking the sculpts out of the park. Um, so like, let's pause there for seasons real quick. Cause I'd love to get your opinion on this. So we've, now we've seen 40 K has gone to six month seasons. We've already had that in Underworlds, like yeah. where we've gone through seasons. Um, Kill Team is definitely like 
I don't know. We I don't think they call them seasons, but each box that they release has a war zone that in, impacts the terrain. So it's kind of like you're playing in a certain season, yeah. You know, like we would be for Underworlds, and now they're bringing that into AOS. Like, and before I comment, your reaction to seasons in all the games? Yeah. So I think it provides a way for the game to stay fresh, and for certain army styles to come in and out of fashion um which can be good as a player because it means that you aren't always playing the same thing and playing against the same thing all the time but i understand that when a business makes a decision it is not going to make a decision that does not also benefit the business even if it benefits its customers as well like like just because it doesn't just because it benefits the customers doesn't mean that it's also not designed to benefit the company and sell more models or sell more product or whatever the case is right like sure automatic auto, automotive manufacturers are are increasing the miles per gallon and creating electric vehicles because you know they can say that it has a pot of positive impact on the environment or whatever but it also means that they're breeding the market and there's more demand for these vehicles so they'll be able to sell them more, whatever. I think the same thing can be said for seasons in any of the games is that it is a business. It is designed to make money. So there's part of that. But it, for me as a player, it also means that things will continue to stay fresh. I'm not ever going to enter a stale state of the game. Um, and it also means like for me, who does not play all the time, like, I don't I may miss a season. I don't have to go back and buy that to stay caught up. Like, you know, if I don't play Warhammer 40K for two years and I miss four seasons. It's not like I have to go backwards to buy those rule sets to play in whatever season is the flavor of the day. So it allows for like ins and outs and, you know, and some flexibility in when and how you play. So. Those are just, yeah, those are my initial thoughts, but I'm sure you have some. I do. And I don't like, I won't comment on the business side of it. Cause I, with you, like I get it. Like we're in the air, like I'm in retail. Like I want to drive someone to buy stuff. Like, and I think that is an absolute fine business practice. Yeah. But like where I, I like it in underworlds. I think that it lives in Underworlds absolutely fine, like seasons, new kind of like tweaks. You know, we've gone from lethal hexes to gloom hexes, and it just kind of changes the game. It gives a setting. Um, but the big games like AOS and 40K, and like, granted, like we don't know, like in 40K, we haven't jumped seasons yet. But what I'm worried about, like 40K, is it's every six months. Like, if you're rebooting the game in some way every six months, like that can be tiresome to keep up with when you have a huge collection as an army. And it is kind of like catch 22 because like, if I have 2000 points of an army that's set to play and I go off the old business model, which was updated every two, three, four years, I might not spend any more money for two, three, four years. But now, like, I'm buying another unit. And, yeah, it might be a $50 investment, but it takes you two years to paint your first 2,000 points. 
Like, yeah. So that's where like AOS and 40K kind of gets away from. What I do like, and once again, I haven't played a ton of Kill Team, but I like the war zones impacting the battlefield. So if that's what seasons turn into for AOS or turn into for 40K, where it's not a whole lot of like bespoke rules. It's just like, oh, you're fighting in Gur, or you're fighting on Nachman, or you're fighting in Octarius. And like you have like just a two or three different terrain sets, or like, you know, like maybe in 40k it's like acid rain. So like if you move X, you get blasted with you know more acid rain and have to roll for damage or something. I don't know. If it's like something like silly like that, okay, fine. But if they're going to hide like individual units within these books where if I want to play Space Marines and I want to do a chaplain on a bike and it all of a sudden ends up in a Caliban book for season seven, that's where it, it gets kind of kind of thin for me, sir. Yeah. But it is the age of subscriptions and constant updates. So from a business standpoint, you rock. And the last thing I want to touch about on the preview is one of the greatest trolls. Um, you know, they already hit us with the Knights. Then they hit us with an awesome trailer for um, for Heresy. And then right at the end of the preview, they troll everybody and give two wounds to Chaos Space Marines. Which was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> that was good. Um, and right before we wrap up the segment, there is one more article that didn't happen in the preview, but I think for you and I, it's a huge announcement, and I'm really excited about it. Organized play kits are coming back specifically Yay. for Underworlds. More chances for me to not win glass. <laughs> I'm so excited. I think it'll help grow the the, the local yes. scene, though, right? Yeah, so, I agree, and that's I think that that's what's been missing, kind of in our in our efforts to to grow the community is that there's not it, there's not been like official GW support. Um, so I'm excited. I like legitimately am excited. Yeah. I, for all the games, I think it's a great step. Yeah. Even if I don't get glass, I just like having the cool tokens. Like, yeah, it's just fun. I I still want a new piece of glass. So, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I do too, but as long (laughs) as you're playing in the same tournament as me, I won't win it. So, well, good. I think that that uh that wraps up for what we've been up to. That's a uh, a good segment right there. Yeah. And we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, it's gonna be you, Trace, and the professor talking about his Warhammer Underworlds experience at Adepticon. Be right back. And we're back. And we are joined tonight by Gerard, the Professor Pedro, uh, who I think, Trace, you and I have both had the experience to play I have. at previous Novas. I think I so, have. Yep. Um, and, and Dwarven Resilience is a stupid card. That's uh, oh, you're gosh, still that's remember. right. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Uh, that was a, it was a wonderful game, though. I really, I really enjoyed the game against you when we played you know, in 2019, Gerard. Yeah, um, it was a, a two-on-one, super tight. That I was uh, that was Molog yeah. into. It was Molog, Molog into Thundrix. Oh my so, gosh, yeah. old school. 
Yeah. Very old school, yeah. I mean, that's that's how long. I mean, that was the current season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 That was that was me when I took that super meta choice, Yotharis Guardians. Which, yeah. Still yes. going strong, that war band. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great to be here, guys. Yeah, no, we're super excited that you're here. Um, you know, I, you and I have have crossed paths in the um, in the in the remote leagues uh, yes. on occasion. Um, I, I think that you're you've got me on on those games, but that's okay. I, Maybe, no, yeah. no love no. loss there uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, as as we do with all of our guests, before we get into um, Adepticon and your experience with that, uh, we do want to give our listeners the chance to get to know who you are a little bit in regards to gaming. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have the series of questions that we asked. So I'll kick off with the first one. Um, What is your earliest and or your favorite memory of board games from your childhood? So not necessarily miniatures wargaming, but any board game at all. But I think it has to be a miniature game. I think the, the, because before that, my experience of tabletop games was things like Monopoly and stuff, which I've always found actually, I always thought they were horrid experiences. No, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, then, and then it must be, what must be, this must be late 80s when the original Hero Quest came out. Okay. That's similar to our path, too. Right. Yeah. And at that point, I was, I think I'm slightly longer in the tooth than you guys. So I may have been a little bit farther down the path into like being a teenager. But, uh, but I remember buying that thing and like playing the hell of it, you know, with all the friends uh, for, yeah. for uh, weekends on end. Um, and that was probably, frankly, the beginning. And then very quickly after that, I think, is when um, GW disembarked in Spain. Um, yeah. Where I was growing up, I, I grew up in Barcelona. And then basically, then, then we just got into that. And it was basically the Spanish translation of like second edition 40K. Okay. Third edition Warhammer Fantasy. So that was, yeah. yeah. So okay. that, that that caught me in like in my early teenage years. And then, yeah, that was it basically playing nonstop until frankly, you know, things got hard enough in university that I had the usual, I think most of us quit at that sure. point, right? Yeah. 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 Um, was it, what was your favorite character to play from HeroQuest? Do you remember? I think I always picked the elf if I could. Yeah. You know, there was the, yeah. Um, but also, frankly, at like to play the evil dude you know what was the name you know the, the, the evil you Z- know the, Z- the bad guy Z- zoltan? zoltan what zoltan yeah. was the name i don't remember Z- but, but that's zoltan what i or, I, or Zar- zarkan or something like that like something Zark- like that uh, so clearly something starting with a z but yeah uh, if jason uh, was here he would remember jason is screaming <laughs> internally as he's listening to this right now that's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. we should be ashamed but yeah. uh, but actually i like playing the bad guy yeah I remember those goofy, you know, the, the, the minis, you know, they are they were really goofy. I actually got them back from the from the basement back in Barcelona because my my uh, nephew is now that age, you know. Nice. And yeah. you look at those extremely goofy orcs, you know. Oh gosh, yeah. They were they were yeah exactly they were yeah that, that gargoyle that looked like like he was, he was break dancing. It was just really funny funny miniature actually in a way. Awesome. That's the original. That's the original Bloodthirster miniature. That's what I think exactly. Was. Although of course in the box they said you know gargoyle. Yeah, right? he was a gargoyle then, but then they actually used that miniature with the Chaos line to be the to be the Bloodthirster originally or a Demon Prince. Oh, I didn't know. I see. It makes sense actually when I th- when you think back. I mean the the yeah. the, the imagery goes back a long time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you look at the Bloodthirster now and you're like, oh wow, how did we get here? 
Yeah. <laughs> How big <laughs> well, it is now. So. Yeah, to be fair, it's like, you know, 30 years of technology improvement. It's true. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing for us nerds. Yeah. That's cool. So that's the origin. Awesome. It is, yeah. So that kind of answers the second question, which is what we usually ask, which is, you know, how did you get into tabletop miniatures? Um, and here oh, request so is, is a pretty, pretty, uh, that was the gateway. That was pretty, the gateway. Pretty yeah. common gateway. Yeah. yeah. Did you? Did you? Um. I know you said uh, you played a little bit of fantasy third edition too. Yeah. What What did you play in in fantasy? Oh, dwarves. Dwarves. Oh, dwarves. I had, oh gosh. I had a big, a big. Yes, exactly. If you remember those, I mean, they, you know, they had that that, that throne, you know, that that the, king on 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 a throne, you know. Yeah. They had that yep. that flaming cannon. You know, it was yeah, like the, a barrel. The flame cannon, the organ the gun. The organ gun. They had some funny-looking helicopter, some steam helicopter of some kind. The and the best helicopter. of all, by the way, yeah. those original, like original gangster uh, troll slayer mm -hmm. miniatures, yeah. really amazing. Like you know, oh, what, what has now become what has now become this fire slayer thing. But the, you know, back in the day, they were really like you know, punks. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was just do, you, do you remember they had the different ranks? They had and they had exactly ranks. it was troll slayer. Yeah. Uh, Giant Slayer. Yeah. Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer was the top one, though. Dragon Slayer what? was the Dragon. one. Dragon. I missed. Oh, I see. Yes. So that was the one in between. And oh, man. Gi Giant Slayer? That's yeah, exactly. Really so really it was Troll was the basic. Troll, Giant, Dragon, Demon, I want to say. I think yep. that was the... Yeah. Yep. And the right. Demon Slayer actually was a beautiful miniature, by the way. Yeah. With a super tall... Super, he, had a, super he had a super cool mohawk and like exactly. he almost looked like he and I think they made one of them that actually was standing on a demon's head at one point. Oh, um, I see. But I the thought one it was I actually mean, a yeah. golden demon mini miniature that they used. Um, yeah, oh, but the, I I remember those so so well. I played against dwarves quite frequently in my early years playing. Um, a lot of good memories nice. around those models. They're they're super cool. I still like have a. I still have a, a lingering feeling of wanting to to collect those. Uh, you yeah, know, I mean, some people do. Walking around the table, I know we're going to get into this at Adepticon, but there was somebody who had uh, the war, uh, basically a fire slayer's army, but interspersed, basically had a, one of the full units was actually this old school. Ah, oh, amazing! That's, That's awesome! So awesome! awesome. <laughs> just, of course, they're it. they're way smaller. Now yeah. you notice, right? Of course, the size has also. But there's just such character in those miniatures in a way that maybe actually more than now, because they allowed themselves to be a little bit more goofy, I feel. Yeah. In the in the sculpts and the faces. So so yeah, anyway. So so that so that's that's what I used to play on in the on the fantasy side. And then on the on the 40k side, I played Imperial Guard. Okay. Uh, for yeah, mostly Imperial Guard, yeah. Uh was it mostly infantry based? I can't remember what it was like back then. If it was a oh, lot so, of tanks. So originally, well, so so the um, the what really made the army was when they finally made the first plastic kit of mm -hmm. the of the Limanrasta tank. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. This must be I don't know. This must be like 90, 92, 93, right? Yeah. Later than that, and that's basically what allowed you to because before that it was all basically metal. Yeah. Soldiers that look like like Cadians, but mm -hmm. early Cadians. So this was basically the stuff that was left from Rogue Trader. 
Yeah. Weren't the weren't the heavy bolters on that kit? Weren't they metal still? Like, didn't you have to build the the plastic body, but then like the heavy bolters? Oh no! Like so you know, flamer. so the the immediately after the Lehman rush, they came up with the kit for the demolisher. That's right. And the demolisher had the turret was all metal. Actually, it waited like we waited a lot. And yeah. The, and the sponsons. The sponsors were also metal, and I remember them. I clearly wasn't using the right kind of glue, and they would constantly, basically, <laughs> glue themselves from the tank and fall. There was those plasma cannons, which were basically solid, oh, yeah. solid oh, pewter. Oh gosh, yeah. And they, were, they were heavy, yeah. That's oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. That's that's dredging up memories right there. Oh yeah, I'm, it's like I'm, the uh, yeah. it's like the the original dreadnought that was all metal. Oh, that thing was heavy. Yes. Yeah. Was, yes. crazy you knew no one was going to steal your army because it was too much work they just couldn't yeah. run away with it literally yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no it was it was uh, it was fun especially like you know it was all it was all like us you know 13 14 years old probably getting oh, all yeah. the rules wrong and, and and on top of that the games were so clunky back then you remember oh, like, all, sure. all those huge amounts oh, yeah. of tables when you hit a tank you had to roll a die to see if you hit you know the tracks or the front the or the side or armor exactly. or yeah. Yeah. and they then you had very, to see if you even heard it or not yeah like really yeah. 90s you can really tell really 90s right the the more early 90s the more the more tables and dice you had to roll for stuff but kind of the earlier the game in a way yeah but you also had way less minis too like it was, oh yeah, yeah. You had maybe like as an Imperial Guard army, you may have had like thirty miniatures, and that was huge. Back yeah, then. yeah, like two squads of ten each, and then maybe <laughs> yeah. like two or three tanks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and maybe exactly like a couple of Lumenras and a couple of Chimeras and and yeah, yeah and basilisks. Yeah, the basilisks. Yeah, that later exactly basilisks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. The Manticores came out around the same time as those, didn't they? The basilisks and the basilisks and the man. Exactly, because that was part of the same kind of kit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was the just the turret was different. Yeah. The manicore model, the manicore model. I think the missiles were pewter too. That would not surprise me. In, but it's been I, it's been a long time since I've looked at any. Yeah, of those I don't kits. know. Yeah, it's it's um and some of these things originally came out in resin from um from Forge World and then they right. made plastic kits. I mean, at some point, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. well, you know, as, as a lowly teenager, we were looking at those resin models oh, with, yeah. uh, with MB, but, you know, <laughs> it was basically absolutely I, un unaffordable stuff. Yeah. I remember logging into the Forge World website when I was younger and just, like, gawking at the the big monster kits from the fantasy yes. realm. Like, the, the, the uh, Chaos War Mammoth was like yeah. something that I would pull up and look at almost every day <laughs> when I got home from school. So, so I, I mean, I, I mean, we talked about the technological change. I mean, it's amazing what they're doing now with plastic kits. Yeah. That actually very much approaches the size of those crazy things that they used to only be do do with yeah. uh, with resin in this way, right? Now, any of yeah. these centerpieces of these Age of Sigmar armies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. are basically enormous like you know yeah. giant yeah. big wings giant you know very dynamic poses yeah not not like uh what we grew up with yeah your good old dragon yeah. that looked like a chicken and stuff you know that yeah. that's the yeah yeah and wings that never stayed on because it can't yeah because they, they were never... plastic exactly yeah. like the body was metal the wings were plastic clearly again we weren't using the right kind of glue nope. 
Nope. He, he just, didn't know that you needed to pin it all together. Oh, with, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah. Pinning. When I learned about pinning, that was like another technological revolution, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Like, oh, I can cut a paper clip into tiny pieces and drill holes in my model and it'll and stay in place. Freaking wings are going to stay in place. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. My whole yeah. life has changed. Oh. Yes, old memories. And by the time we, we got a little bit more comfortable with the hobby aspect, then kind of life happened, you know? Yeah. Late yeah. high school, early university, uh -huh. forget it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, uh, ten years with very little playing, at least in my case. Yeah, I think that's pretty much true for for myself and probably for Trace too. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really get back into it until probably a year or so before I found the GW store in Raleigh. Yeah, it took a pretty long break. Two thousand six? No, no, uh, it was. Like 2009, 2010, maybe. Whenever sixth edition started. Yeah, 2010, I think, is when I kind of picked it back up. Anyway. All right. Well, before we get spend too long in the past, let's yeah. get to the present. <laughs> we want to hit the third question and get to Adepticon before yes. everyone here falls asleep. So the last question that we want to ask is, what is your current favorite miniatures game? And a follow-up to that is, what is your favorite faction, miniature, character, unit, warband, whatever for that game? I mean, it has to be Underworlds. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit of a fanatic. It just hits all the right notes for me. It's a relatively sure. quick game. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm short of time, like all of us. You know, that is around here. I'm sure we all are. And the fact that you can, you know. You know, I can be paired with with uh, Jarrod in the in the Basel League, and actually, you know, in an hour and a half, whip out two or three games, get it done. Yeah. You know, it's just it's a very quick, dynamic game. In fact, if anything, has gotten a little bit slower than it used to be, but yeah. um, but uh, it's it's just a great game, and the fact and it's but still very tactical. Yes, you have some customization with the cards. It just it hits basically all I need. So the truth is, yeah. when I got into this, when this thing was uh, released. What was it 2018 i guess i never yeah. i never look back i mean just yeah you know, i used to play a lot of war machine that basically those minis went into the box never been out yeah and and that's pretty much that's been pretty much it yeah. that's awesome and in terms of war but i mean i'm i'm you know i like i keep changing here and there so that's not there is actually i realized that there is one mini that must be my favorite in the entire underworld range which i have to say it's a fantastic range of miniatures Yes. Um, yes. And this has to be, um, I was talking about this with our common friend Jimmy over the weekend in, at Adepticon. It has to be Quiv. Okay, Quiv. Quiv, yeah. the little nobbler that goes with Grothgorn. Okay. This yeah. guy is so mean. Have you looked at the mini? He looks so mean. He, he looks like, I'm going to stick I'm a, this in the... I'm going to have is, to look him up now. Oh, he's a, it's, it's really a truly amazing miniature. And there was a version of it painted for the Golden Demon. At Adepticon. Nice. Okay. That could, of course, you know, these guys are amazing painters, right? Picked out all the details. And that face is just amazing. He has like just an amazing, a mean, oh my mean gosh, face. He does have a mean looking he's, face. He's a mean, mean looking face, right? He's like, oh, yeah. Like a, he's like a Joe Pesci. He's like a, a novel yeah, Joe look Pesci. Yeah, that snarl. You see? Yeah. He's just like, yeah. a, oh no, we're going to get this, you know? He's mean mugging everybody, man. Yeah, that's, he is. That's how he, that's how he rolls. I love oh that. Gosh, that's so that's awesome. I just love this mini. So that's the that's that's my pick for an individual mini in Underworlds. Nice. Oh, that's perfect. It's a good. Yeah, pick. that's a good one. That. 
Of course, Jimmy said that this because I have a certain resemblance, but I, I, I refuse to accept <laughs> that. No, that can't be true. <laughs> I refuse to accept that fact, yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, well, cool. Um, yeah, so uh, so now, now to the meat of it, right? So we wanted to get you on because uh, you went to Adepticon and, 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 and you had some reasonable, a reasonable amount of success there. Um, way more than expected uh yeah and and yeah and and you're you're like us so you're you know you're a father you've, you've got a family and all of that to balance with games and and so we just wanted to have you on to kind of to talk about that so i mean if you don't mind um i mean why don't you just let's just walk through the games and before we get into everything here i do want to say that uh compact this is vassal uh handle or his Discord handle. I can't remember his real name off the top of my head. Gerard Graham. 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 That's Graham. right. Yeah. Um, from Set the Tempo. Um, he basically did an analysis of your deck and kind of walked through kind of the competitive side of it. Uh, and yeah, sure. we may refer to that blog article. It's a great article. Um, it's 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 pretty thorough um, and and really digs into you know some of the choices that you made and kind of his interpretations of it uh, and how it would play out. Uh, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, for anybody that hasn't had the chance to read it yet. Um, so that exists. That's out there. We don't want to rehash all of that content because, uh, you know, he can get those clicks as far as we're concerned because he did the work for it. Uh, but we, you know, we wanted to talk to you about, you know, what it was like to play, like how it was to play nine games in two days after having not played that many games in a week or a month that for the past really, two years. That was really quite something. Um, the, and, yeah, and everything. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, we'll just kind of turn it over to you. You can kind of start your story wherever you'd like. And then. Yeah. So, so like, like you guys, basically, you know, we scrounge time to game in however way we can. Right. And for me, yeah. frankly, the excuse to keep playing games has been signing up for the Basel League that at least forces me, you know, yes. one, one match up a week. Um, yeah. um, and that's one way of kind of keeping up a bit. In this particular case, and frankly, when when we saw that there was going to be Adepticon in Underworlds with a couple of friends, we said, well, are we doing this? You know, we know we're actually quite rusty. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And yeah, but let's do it. It's going to be fun to hang out. And so absolutely. Right. So then we sign up. And then, of course, you know, we had all these plans about practicing different warbands, which we didn't do. Right. Sure. And then yeah. like, it comes basically the last, you know, whatever, two weeks. You say, well, we've got to do something here. I tried a whole bunch of things. In fact, I thought I would be going in with uh, Drepur. As you know, that's what I have been yeah. playing in the Basel League lately. So, um, but basically, the, the, it has. I realized it had several terrible matchups with some things that are in the meta, like Elephant and, and other things. Basically, so Drepur sure. does okay. It's not a bad war one by any by any stretch of the imagination. But partly because I was starting to get bored with it, and okay. partly because it's really. Um, with after the nerfs that they received, they are actually really bad going in the offense. It's a very reactive warman. Okay. Um, so so basically, I I even tried a, a Moloch, a Moloch kind of build, okay. which I think actually it may have some legs. But uh, yes, but, go to the dark side. Whoa, exactly, it may have some legs actually in the in the current. There's like a few objectives that allow you to actually do stuff with uh, little squiggles, but um, but then frankly, I I I, I went. I went back to my comfort zone. Like I had played the Banshees a while back. Yeah. Actually, when they came out, you know, in the in basically doing doing this during Beast Grave, basically. Yeah. And um, 
And I had played also a few games with Dread Patient, which also are, do the whole objective game quite well. Yes. And basically, I realized that actually, in this meta where everybody wants to come to your site and score fearless seekers and score a whole bunch of things on your site, you could actually fly through them, go to the other side and score your dominant positions and everything on their side. Okay. And then basically force the aggro player to choose, you know, are you going to try to score the stuff on my side of the board or try to actually kill my ladies? Yeah. And that was basically the plan, but I actually literally, I put the deck together or the embryo of the deck like, you know, nine, ten days before Adepticon. But thankfully, and this is like a real shout out here, like the, the Basel community is amazing. Um, so basically, I could play the Thursday, you know, every Thursday there is this, um, this community, you know, brawl, I would say, and people just bring, try things. Yeah. So I played it on the Thursday before that, record, it went quite well, so, oh, so this may actually have legs. And then over the weekend, I scrounged some time to play with some people like Alessor and like Chad, basically, there's very good people, very happy to help. Yeah. They also gave me some extra pointers. And so that was good. So then I had a plan, and basically I stuck to the plan uh, nice. for the for the the actual event, which frankly was good because nine matchups, best of three in two days, is Gosh. fairly brutal. If you actually had to think many things on the fly, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. Really, yeah. it was really bad. In terms of, by the way, managing the family, I had the funny coincidence that because of the way the spring break of the children and the spring break at work and my work happened, they basically went to visit my in-laws um, the week before Adepticon. And I couldn't go because, you know, I was still teaching. Oh, nice. So that meant that actually I had a bunch of evenings here at home by myself with silence, which, as you know, is a, pre it's a precious That's good. It it's is. a very yeah. precious good yeah. um, where I could actually just, you know, hit some friends and play games on <laughs> over uh, over Basel, right? So that actually, basically, that was the extent of my practice. So in a way, that worked out. I'll try to replicate this next year. I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, like before any event, send the family away somewhere so that you can actually have three, four days to, <laughs> to think about things. I, I strongly recommend it, guys. That's, sure. <laughs> that's yeah. all I'm going to say. So, so that worked out. Anyway, so that so that was that was basically on the competitive side. I had a plan. I said, well, look, if, if I hit these aggro people, I'm just trying to run over and score score things on their side. Okay. Um, and also the fact that, of course, the, the four ladies start at two dodge. Yeah. So yeah. two dodge, you move That's them on big. cover. Now it's two dodge on cover. You know, if if uh, if you can if you if you manage to make a few defense rolls, you are in business. Yeah. Right. That that was basically the plan. Um, one thing I like, by the way, about the current rule set, um, and I think that this I said in that in that article that Graham wrote, is that with the four hex outset, I mean offset, sure, with the inability of putting um, feature tokens on on edges, that okay. makes the game very interactive. Even if you're going for hold objective, it's actually a very interactive game. Yes. You're going to get charges, you're going to, you know, fighting is going to happen, right? So we're not yeah. anymore in the world of like molten sharp pit and see you oh, later, gosh. you know, which yeah, was yeah. truly atrocious. Uh, so it's so, so it was, it was nice. So even though I was going for um, a mostly hold objective, it was very interactive. It was nice. There was the back and forth and every dice roll, you're, you are basically, uh, you know, uh, it's intense, right? You need to make your defense rolls, you know. The, sure. so basically the, typically, you know, a game would go well when um, you get, 
when you get to the third phase and they've only killed one banshee, right? Yes. A game goes very badly when one banshee goes down in the first phase. Yes. And then probably a second one in the second phase, and now you're really in a tight spot, right? So, sure. Um, um, so it was it was nice. You know, you have you have the recourse sometimes of partial resurrection, but more often than not, actually the hero is the lady that falls first. Yes. Frankly, I think that's the one card that I would drop if I had to redo the because it's actually a restricted slot and half the games yeah. the hero dies first and then and then right. there goes your restricted slot, right? So uh, yeah, so so that was that. I mean, the one one thing I want to say. So Adepticon was great in that big spread, big spread of warbands. Okay. Um, I played nine matchups. In fact, I have them written down here. And I played Black Powder. I played Miyari, Wormspat, Elathane, Reaper. Reaper again. That's the only repeat. And then Kanan Reaper, the Crimson Court, and Crucius. So, oh, wow. so, so a big spread of warbands. Uh, that was very nice to see. Yeah. Uh, very few repeats. And and the truth is, I think that this big spread. Frankly, reflects the meta. I mean, the the I think it's fair to say that uh, maybe Elathane and Crimson Court are a tad above the rest, but really not by a lot. And sure. only only if very good players are actually playing them. It's not like it's a these are easy like point and click warbands. Yeah. And there's a good dozen warbands that can do, you know, that can do very well. You know. Yeah, uh, and I, we were tracking tracking Adepticon, um, uh, and and we noticed like when it when it went to the cut uh i think it was like there were 12 16 in the cut which was part of yeah yeah but there were 12 i think 12 different war bands oh, 12 in different, the top see, 16 but, which is a pretty i mean to, pretty I'm diverse sure, meta yo well i mean show, show me show me the top 16 in 40k with 12 different factions exactly. uh, no way. Was, exactly. or the top well, 16 in aos with harlequins just harlequins and and Harlequins and Harlequins. Harlequins and Harlequins and yeah. custodies and same thing cow. in Kill Team, by the way. Um, yeah. So so this is well, so, yeah. So that's very nice. I, I I and I think that actually again this is this is not it's not a fluke. I think it reflects. So so if there is one style of warbands that is probably struggling at the moment is like the big hordes. Sure. And I think basically that's going to be the case until primacy rotates out. To be honest, I think that's, uh, okay. that's part of that. Well, actually, there's two issues. One, it's primacy. The other one is that, of course, there's a lot of kill surges. Okay. Yeah. Which, which, when you have a lot of two weapon, two wound people running around, you may, you, I think, you give up very easily. Yeah. Um. So that's so. So we'll see what we'll see how the meta evolves, right? Sure. Um, but, but besides those, I think again, there's there's all kinds of things that you can play. You can play hold. You can play aggro. You can play aggro with four wound fighters. You can play aggro with a big dude. Yeah, you can. It's it is. It's it's a nice. It's it's a very nice meta. Um, I like it. Um, and it's it, and and that's part of what I realized. You know, when I was trying to prepare for Adepticon, it's like, wow. You know, you could you could go this way, but then you can find this. You know, this kind of urban that's going to cause these problems, and you can go that yeah. way and find. You know, so it's a nice. It's I, I think it's a very nice spread. Um, the good thing about that is, is that um, because the game is in a balanced state like that, like. Your your odds of running into your hard counter are a lot lower. Exactly. Yes. And, and again, so, and things are no spread out. By the way, things are not. It's not so extreme. Yeah. Even agro warbands tend to have a little bit of hold. Maybe yeah. maybe only scan resources, but that's a little bit of hold, right? Yeah. 
or or uh, horrors in the dark but that's a little bit of hold right yeah and then of course if you if you run like full hold like i was running but of course i still needed like two plus one damage and you know yeah. some some accuracy and stuff because you're going to have to throw down so it's not as bad as look like, there used to be builds back in Beastgrave that were like fully fully passive right yes um, um but now you cannot afford to do it and i think that's a good thing you know you cannot skew so badly um, so even your bad matchups, let me put it like this, are not as horrible yeah. as bad yeah. matchups in the past have been. Yeah. Uh, just because the game doesn't allow you to skew so much. Um, so, so I have a question kind of regarding yes. that. Just because, like I said earlier before we were recording, that I've just not been playing as much. But So when you're looking at these decks, are you seeing a lot of repeat of the same types of cards just on, like, basically bolted onto the different warbands? Are you seeing truly independent and unique decks? So there are a couple of upgrades that probably will be restricted because they're everywhere. Right, okay. Besides that, um, you see quite a lot of spread, I think. Um, the, there's people that are going that need speed and they will have the speed cards, but many people don't need the speed cards anymore because the game is more of a brawl in the middle. Right. Yeah. So you see, you see, yeah, going down, look, if you look, take a look down the um, down the decks, you see quite a bit of variety of cards, actually. In, in a way, I, I, um, I like it. The, uh, as, as I said, so it's, things are spread out. The, the, um, I, I'm sure if, you know, if we made a card analysis, I'm sure they would see some things that are just you know, everywhere. Like there's this uh, Silent Helm is everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Shadow Keeper is everywhere. Frankly, those two cards should probably be restricted in some way. Um, in the, but on the objectives, for example, now that scan resources has been restricted, some people run it, some people don't. Um, it yeah. used to be an auto-include, right, unrestricted. Now some people run it, some people don't, because it's actually deniable. So um, so it's not obvious to me that we would see that many, um, that that might repeat stuff. I would need to take a look. Actually, I didn't, I didn't think of looking at it in this way. Um, I just know yeah. that, like, previously... And, you know, this kind of happens each season. And as the new, you know, uh, Forsaken and Restricted lists come out, things things fall off, as we, as yes. we expect. But usually there's some kind of other card that's always been a fringe card that bubbles up and then becomes the new auto-include. And so I was just curious, because like I said, I haven't been in the meta that, that much recently. But just based on previous, you know, previous experience... You know, there's always like two or three objective cards that are in everybody's deck, or there's always two or three upgrades or or um, ploys or even um, any kind of gambit card that usually will be yeah. very prevalent across the whole meta. So I just wasn't sure if that was if you guys were if you noticed it, but if you didn't just notice it off the cuff, then it's probably not as prevalent as it used to be. So I think it's quite spread out. I mean, there are there are basically, you know, cards like Dual of Wits that even though it's restricted, it's going to pop up more often than not because, draw, of course, drawing cards in this game yeah. is very useful. And yes. especially since um, it's such an easy trigger, right? It's exactly. So trigger. that's... that's yeah. um, but it's... But it's um, but I think it's more the exception than the rule. I, th I think, that's I think good. the spread the spread was quite good, actually, uh, in terms of this. Uh, even, yeah, because people not... You know, only brave people can run great games now. Yes. You know, all, only very brave people run great games. I saw very little of the, um, frankly, I saw very little of the Three Glory 
third and phase stuff, you know, demolish the opposition and stuff. I, I, don't, sure. I don't think okay. there was much of that going around. Yeah. At least in the games I played. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, and, and frankly, the Warbans that are doing well, like the vampires, like the fishes, um, it's because they have good self-objectives, right? So that, you know, by yes. itself, you know, they are basically Warband specific objectives that uh, that make them good. So so that's part of, so, so that will take away from like the standard stuff yeah. that anybody can take, um, which I think is good for character in a way, yeah. Or it allows you to double down. Or it allows you to double down, like in the case of the Banshees, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Double, double dominant position, yeah, that was actually yeah. useful. Yeah, the, the, the red yeah. patient has the same objective as it also. That's the other way of building that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. So it was good. Again, I, I played, uh, as, as we said, it was it was a best of three five times on the first day. Gosh. And then a cat, and then four times on the second day. Wow. So it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was a bit intense. Again, good thing that I had like a very well, a very you know drilled plan on onto my brain because otherwise, like if I had to think too much, like I, I had it even down to the boards, like you know I either put this down or put that down, like there's yeah. nothing else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, but, exactly. Yeah, that the just less that you have to think about, the better. And that's yeah. that's that's a good that's a good shout for anybody who is listening and is wanting to go to. A con, you know a con to be competitive drill that stuff into your head like don't stray like come up with a what your strategy is come up with your strat i mean in a, like from top to bottom your boards what you're going to do in scenario a or b or c and yeah. stick to it and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but yes it allows you to play faster and react to other things um more naturally if you do that so that's, yes. that's, I mean, that's a good piece of advice just for anybody who's listening yeah, don't do like I, me. I'm, do like Gerard. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, and and the, look, I'm really not the fastest player anyway. And the truth is, even like not having to think a lot about, or, or at all actually, about yeah. boards and and uh, an objective placement, there is no way I would have been able to play a true best of three in an hour and a half. Yeah, that's which tight. was the timing. So basically, what happened is, you know, that we never. It was always either zero two or two zero. And that was it. Except actually, except the the pairing with Alex for with uh, he was playing Elo things. It was actually two very tight games, and we, we ended up one one, and with like five minutes left. Oh no! Oh, wow. And you know we looked at each other and said, look, you know, we just don't have it in us to <laughs> to play a third game, and we just basically said tie. Let's just you know we take that call it call it yeah. yeah. Because, uh, I mean, what do you do? You start the third game, you know, this is literally going to be decided on, like, who gets the easiest surges in the first hand. I mean, just, yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. So we just decided to call it, and that was that. And all the other all the other matchups were either 2-0 or 0-2. And then that was it. Because otherwise, it's, it's very tight. The, the, um, I love where the game is. It is. I, I love the place of the game. But, you know, we need to take into account that the delving business adds, you know, Two, three, four, five minutes to every game. Yes. Yeah. And in my opinion, the new Mulligan also adds minutes to the game. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. And yeah. For, for two reasons. I mean, not so much in Basel, right? Because in Basel, the, the shuffling yeah, you click is and you're automatic, done. right? But even in Basel, look, it used to be in the old world, we only mulliganed when your hands were truly catastrophic. Yes. 
right? Uh, that was the only reason to mulligan, right? Because you yeah. were actually dumping all those cards, right? All that glory, you were dumping it. Now you think and you say, well, you know, I got two end phases, one surge, but I know there's a better surge in the deck. Maybe I should fish for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually, it's more of a consideration. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, two minutes here, three minutes there, you know, and the games are hardly ever half an hour anymore. They're more like, yeah. you know, 40, 45 minutes, yeah. you know, playing at a fast clip. Yeah. 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 So I think the I think the rounds at Nova are slotted for two hours. I'm very happy to hear that actually. Um, I'm very happy to hear that. So that should that should probably feel a little Play better. Relaxed. Exactly. There's no point to you know, this is our hobby. I don't you know, I have enough stress in my life. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I don't need my hobby to give me, you know, uh, you know, heartburn. No. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um cool. So I guess like what was the was that what was your Maybe favorite matchup while you were there. So the favorite series must be the. So, so I wasn't lucky enough actually thinking about an easy route. I get in. I play the first matchup uh, with a very nice guy called Sal who had the black powder. You know, this is basically the the, the latest warband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know we have to admit this is not probably it's not top of the shelf. This, sure. This, this war one, so so I could win that matchup. And then second round comes, and I'm paired with Davy Calkins. Oh, oh no! Who, who, if you know him, very good player. Yeah, uh, Davy well, from uh, what the hex? Exactly, podcast. fantastic yeah. player, fantastic guy. And I'm thinking, gosh, that again, the course of the second round, you know. Yeah. Actually, Max, you know, Max Bernstein and I have this have this course here, like around around Connecticut and, you know, New York, every time we go to a tournament, we get Perth every time in the second round. Oh, yeah. And indeed, that also happened in Nova 2019. Oh, yeah. And that was a big tournament, but still second round, I got Max. Anyway, so here I get get Davey, and he actually brought uh, Miyari's Purifiers. Oh, nice. Again, trying to have, I guess, a little bit like me, right? Trying to have an anti-meta call. Sure. About something that could be very flex and hold. in, in a world where you have all this aggro trying to come to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a very, a very nice two-game set. I, I, I got lucky enough to win both of them, but it was like very tight games, very close, that beautiful. It just, you know, this game, it's just great to play against good players and just, you know, oh, you yes. have banter, you have the banter, and you, but you still have the tactical thinking and just, it was just very nice. And similar, similarly, in the second day, I had a very tight run with a Kainan Reaper player. Okay. Called John John Rapp, I want to say, somebody from Texas. Very okay. nice again again great great opponent to have and um, and and very interesting matchup in the sense that you know you want to keep away from Kainan Reapers as far as yeah. you can, right? Because otherwise yes. they just wrap around you and they just destroy you, right? Um, so basically my plan of flying through people and holding on the other end yeah. Plus, you know, I had, you know, you had to think, you know, at some point you had to think, well, do I just hide behind my block hexes here? Yeah. <laughs> to the... So it was, it was a funny, and it was so tight that in fact, the first game I, I only won on objectives. Oh, wow. It was too tight. And then I only won on objectives. And the second game, I think it was like a one or a two glory. Oh, that's tight. These were two games that any dice rolls. Any dice roll could have, could have, could have basically, you know, 
decided the game on, on in some other way. Ah. Again, very nice games, great opponents. Um, it, it was just it, it was just a run, to be honest. I was very happy. I mean, I hadn't imagine as you guys, you know, not that many, not that much playing in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Not you know over the last two years for reasons we all know. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> besides not having time, it's just yes. you know very little like in person like 3D tournaments. Yeah. And just being there and you know having the banter with your opponent and rolling dice, actually physically rolling dice and shuffling your cards and moving the minis across the table and seeing people's very nice paint jobs. It was all you know. There's there is it's different. You know there's there's this yeah. different energy. In tournaments, and especially in these big tournaments, like in the in the um, in the context of something as huge as Adepticon, I mean, the the it's funny because the first the days of Underworlds, I had a little bit of tunnel vision, and I only went to the hall where Underworlds was happening. And then on the Saturday when we were done, I had some time to hang out, and I realized how fantastically enormous this thing was. I mean, there was oh a, yeah, like we were in this giant in this giant hall, and there was another one that was like. Twice as big, in fact, that I hadn't even seen in the first two days, with all the with all the 40k stuff. Plus, you know, there was a Star Wars Armada, Star Wars, the X-wing stuff. But anyway, like yeah. you know, those amounts of stuff. Beautiful, um, beautiful quilting tables, um, all kinds. Anyway, all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, there's just an energy, right, to these things. Yeah. It's, just, it's just beautiful. Um, I'm looking forward to Nova. I'm, I'm, I've already yes. registered. Yeah, I think that's going to be good. Yeah, we're we're excited too. So, yeah. I'm excited to get back to it. It's yeah, let's good. hope. I mean, this 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 is literally the the next one, right? So so we met in 2019, and then that's yeah. there's been no novas until until this one. So that's right. So that's, um, yeah, we really we really got to party this one up. And it's a it's a premiere event this time. No weird nighttime schedule. Yes, that's true. Although I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm a little bit, um, I'm, I'm off two minds about this, and the reason is because, of course, for my schedule, that's way better, right? Yes. Um, but I'm not sure what he's gonna do for the numbers of the overall tournament. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I have the feeling that many people were there in 2019 that were playing other games, and then at night decided to try this other game, or you know, maybe they had tried yeah. a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But now this thing like fully overlaps with, you know. The big 40k event, the big kill team event, the big AOS event. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what kind of numbers we get. I mean, gonna have fun either way. But it would be nice to have a, a big turnout, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. It'd be, it'd be good for it to be, you know, like 32. I think would be at least 32 would be nice. That would be nice. Let's let's hope we get there. I mean, I, I uh, you know, let, let's call on everybody who listens to your podcast. Just you guys sign up. That's fun. It is fun. We are yes. fun people, believe it or not. Even though we yeah. are, you know, boring dads, and, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, it's uh, it's just a lot of fun. And the game is in a great place, to be honest. The game. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think I think we'll you will inch up there as time goes on. I think that people just in general are still probably a little leery just because of world events. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think as we get closer to time, you'll see some of those events fill up um, quite frequently. Because, because quite frankly, it's kind of it's kind of low across all the events. Because I went and double checked the registration after we went and looked at it, and and signed up ourselves. And there's still plenty of seats in both like the 40k tournament and in oh, Age of Sigmar stuff. So I think that it's just an overall lower initial burst of registration if i had to guess because last the the 
year that we went in 2019, events filled up within like a day. Yes. And, yes. And and now, so I, th- I think that that's a symptom of world events. Um, yeah. So I think, I think as we inch closer, you'll get people that are going to be more curious about it. And I think you know some of the new war bands probably look exactly some come people. out if they if they keep their yeah. uh, these amazing sculpts and whatever that's going to have yeah. to pull people in. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. like even even the the zombie boogaloo, the electric boogaloo yes. zombies that are coming out, <laughs> I think those are going to attract some people. Like I mean, I'm going to buy those models just because I think that they're gorgeous, even if I'm not necessarily playing in the underworlds event i still buy them just because they're wonderful models and i love love to paint yeah um but um i think that you'll you'll get some of those other war bands too that are going to come out that we don't know of that will grab somebody and get them into the game so i think that that would be great yes i think we're in a good spot that's that would be good the truth is as as we discussed i mean given um given um how what's happening to the release schedule i think over the summer there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out and hopefully that yeah. creates that 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 creates the buzz yeah to get yeah. uh to get people in yeah because uh so q2 they're supposed started, to be basically well there's supposed to be a new war band so i'm looking at the roadmap yeah. article on warhammer community mm-hmm. and q2 2022 so that started friday uh, yes uh, oh, we're wow. supposed to get a new war band, and that one we know is is That's the, the zombies, yeah. the exiled dead, electric boogaloo, as Trace <laughs> likes to say, and uh, and and a new core set with two new war bands, and so that's in Q2. Exactly. And so I mean, there's going to be three new war bands before Nova. And, and my well, and and my understanding is that the idea, at least the original idea, was still to have eight war bands over the year. Sure. So, so that that would mean that there would still be two, two more, more coming to be, to be released at some point in I guess June July. I mean, you know, maybe we that, could that get one be more before Nova. Yeah. yeah, yep. Because so usually, true. traditionally, the the new what used to be the original core set of each season yeah. came out like a month after we would get back from Nova. Yeah, so, yeah, so around we... October. So yeah. yeah, exactly. My sense is basically what they've done is take what used to be a season, which was kind of the academic calendar like yeah. October to like July yeah. and break it into two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it looks like. So. so then it's basically four war bands, the first half of which the exile that is the last one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then if, if, if that's the calendar, we're supposed to have another core box with two war bands and two more war band boxes. Yeah. So, so if that's the case, again, we're going to have what five war bands uh, by yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. The time that's a no good chance. Um, good hope. that we haven't even seen hope. yet well i guess one we have seen but we don't know what it does right yeah and and four more Gosh, so what a, it, what a world to be living in right now it's a it's uh so this could be exactly so, so actually i hadn't thought about this maybe Trey is right here that uh, that this will create the bus that that fills up the numbers that would be great because yeah. the, i mean the the thing that i try and remember and the thing that we are struggling with just in our local community is just um just getting people to come play Right. Yeah. It's just a it's just an overall lull in in tabletop games just because some people are still more conservative about how they're handling their health. And that's yeah. completely justified. Yeah. Um, you know, so I hope that as the year kind of goes on and the the threat of covid kind of dissipates more and more as the year goes on, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um that that we see 
more of a resurgence as we get closer to the con. And that'll be awesome to have. That would be great, people. yes. I mean, have you checked the numbers for things like, um, you know, kill team and things like that? So, so I'm, I'm on the site right now, and all of the Marvel Crisis Protocol slots are eaten. There were not many of them. There was 48 total across 48 the two total, days. But they're all gone. Yeah, I see. So they are doing. So I feel also that. Um, but even the Kill Team GT, which is on Saturday Sunday, is still not full. It, it's still. It, yeah, there are 42 of 64 slots available right now. Yeah, so I that's see. a good representation too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think probably if I had to guess, all of the big stuff is going to get filled up early because you have the people that just this is what just, I do. That's what I, they do. I, I go to cons yeah. and I play 40k. I go to cons and I play Age of Sigmar. And then I think you're going to see like the communities that are kind of resurging around games like Kill Team and Marvel Crisis Protocol and Underworlds and even like the like Legion or Armada or whatever. I think that mm-hmm. I think to Trace's point, I think hopefully as the year progresses things will be more comfortable <clears throat> for yeah, everyone. Yeah. And and, and th- we'll see those numbers tick. I think you'll also see people who wanted to get into those games and have like waitlisted themselves that are just itching to go play at a con. Um, They you're going to get some people that just want to come and play a game and they'll be willing to purchase into this game just to go and play a game with people. So, I mean, my hope. uh, So so speaking to that, that's related to what you said before. If the miniatures in the in the core box that's supposed to show up are awesome, yeah, that would be a good reason to catch your eye and say, you know what, let me try this game. Exactly, sure. and and yeah. and if 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 they're if they're you know playing second fiddle and they're like, well, I'm not going to get to play Age of Sigmar, but I can play with some Age of Sigmar models, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, and. Yeah, I, yeah, think, I mean, I, that, to me, that's that's the hope. I mean, one thing that I have to say, so so I know quite well again the the meta back home in Spain, which was actually it's still actually big in underworlds in a way, but mm-hmm. but um, both Markle, you know, Marvel on the one side, and and the new edition of Kill Team on the other, mm-hmm. have sucked out quite a bit of the oxygen in the room. To be honest, I mean, the, oh, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the, there's this this style of skirmish game that some of us like. I mean, frankly, I'm too old and I don't have the stamina to play a big army game anymore ever again. Yeah. Sure. That's basic. Yeah. That's what it is, right? So these are the kind of games that catch my eye, right? Skirmish style, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes per mini miniatures per side, you know. Yeah. Um, so of course that that has, you know, these are as far as I can tell. I've played a little bit of Kill Team. I haven't played Marvel. Yeah. But but these are good games, right? As far as you know, people like them. So that's, so that's, that's, that's the also going to split the yeah it's going to split that, the community a bit. Yeah, the the Marvel Crisis Protocol is the game that really has kind of my eye right now. I um, see. So so that's that's kind of where that falls, and I'm putting I'm going to be putting some energy into that game. So um, that makes sense. So you would be a good example of this, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. We're 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 um you're on the line with somebody who has fallen prey to the to the to the other the, the green the grass is greener syndrome yeah so. i mean the miniatures look fantastic so that's not a no. not that i fault you for that no. but uh, but it's true that at the point like in the high day of underworlds you know two three years ago this was like the one game with very tight rules yes fast-paced 
you know. Yeah, that's again. true. And and that that unique selling point has been a little bit you know eroded because there's all these other offerings, right? I mean, I, I would still claim that there's something very unique to Underworlds. By the way, the fact that uh, the fact that we don't never ever need to get into arguments about measurement yes. and line of sight, oh I think this is this this makes my life. I, yeah. I uh, yeah, I'm too old to get into a certain arguments about bendy rulers and stuff. No. Um, uh, so so that's one. And and the, the card element, although I understand that some of these other games have, have elements of this as well. But I like the card. I like the fact that the, the customization is not so much the minis themselves. The team is yes. what it is. Yeah. But you customize on the on the on the card side. Um yeah. so you know, not to say that it's better than the other ones, but it certainly has its unique points. And it's actually faster as far as I can tell. Even even yes. it's certainly faster than Kill Team. Yes. And and it's uh, faster than Marvel Crisis Protocol. I think most MCP tournaments are running two-hour rounds. So, and that's one game. An hour and a half. Right? That, yeah, that, yeah, that's one match. It, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one, one game. Yeah, it's you not a best, best of three. three. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it has some unique selling points. And frankly, I still, you know, as much as I, I, uh, I uh, you know, respect all these other miniatures, I still think that the character in the in the Underworlds miniature is, is, is um, oh. like Warban after Warban after Warban, oh knocking it out of the park. I mean, it just... It yeah, just it's, really... it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. And like I said, I'll still purchase the Warbands just because they're wonderful miniatures. Even if I'm not playing hardcore all the time, I can still buy that pack of minis and know that I can play a Rivals game. Yeah. The, exactly uh, off the, the box yeah. yeah i mean if if they push this other format that's going to be another thing to get people back into the game i mean that you know mm -hmm. if you don't want to like you know burn too much gray matter you know yeah, uh, yeah. before a game but you still want to play it you know well, just, just take the cards and just play it, you know and i think when we talked about this on our rivals um our rivals episode but it's still it engages a different part of your brain yes to play to play a rivals game Versus a deck that you've like honed and crafted and yes. kind of spent a lot of time with. It's a different type of brain hurt. Yeah. It really is because yeah. So so playing with friends, I realized it's re you're really in a very different mindset, in which it's not so much you don't have a very smooth deck. No. Nope. Mm -hmm. That you know exactly how it's going to work. It's literally more of a lemonade game, mm -hmm. in which yeah. you know okay, so I've got this. How yep. can I squeeze like three glory out of this round? Yeah, exactly. You know, with, with with what I got, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, it has a beauty of its own. Actually, it's, it's just it's a very different thing, right? These decks are in general clearly not as efficient or streamlined. Yeah, and it's all about uh, sometimes with like clear anti synergies, to be honest. And then yeah. it's just a very different game, right? It's just a game of trying to figure out again how to squeeze glory. Uh, it, uh, frankly, it I don't know if you guys played Shadespire at the very beginning. Yes, we did. The game felt yeah. a lot like this at the beginning, yep. right? That basically you won games, you know, seven to four, yes, yep. and, and eight to six. I mean, these were the scores. Yeah. I remember, like in the club where I was back in London when this thing came out. Uh, I was living in the UK still at that point, and you know, I remember the first time that we got we got to like ten glory, like when somebody got to ten glory on the table. Oh, I got to 10, 11 glory. Yeah. Got to, like, <laughs> two, right? like you scored the supremacy. That was like an enormous deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, now especially in business, things were like crazy, right? Like you, you know, you would oh, score like 18 glory and lose and lose a game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're scoring 27 glory. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, so, how did you get that much? 
so yeah. the the in a way these um the rivals decks bring you back to that right it's like you yeah. really have mm -hmm. to squeeze those cards for what they are worth <laughs> you yeah. know and get yeah. like you know get get to six seven eight glory and that's you know and you may actually get the game it's 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 nice i like it also yeah yeah. It's the big, the same basic mechanics, which is just great. I think the basic mechanics of the game are just so strong, yes, that they yeah, can agreed. they can they can support different mo modes like this. Yeah. So if you change gears just a touch, so if, if you would you go back to Adepticon and play again at Adepticon? If you hundred percent, hundred percent, yes, absolutely, um, for the games. But just for the experience, you know, again, so good friends that I've made through this game, actually, like Jimmy, I, th I think he's been in this in this podcast before. Yeah. I hadn't yeah, seen yes. him physically in uh, literally, I guess, also since Nova. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so just the excuse to spend, you know, a few days, hang out, catch up, throw dice, meet mm -hmm. new people. David Calkins, I had never met in the flesh. Um, okay. There's, there's, and, and many new people that I met there. I mean, just, you know, again, you know, opponents in general were fantastic. Many people that was like their first Grand Clash, you know, just getting yeah. a taster. Oh, yeah. um, it was, it was just, just very nice. Yes, I mean that I, I had, I had a great experience, and I would, you know, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I would go back tomorrow. I mean, of course, my wife wouldn't let me, but you know, you know. What I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the cons that I've always wanted to go to, but it always falls in such a weird time for for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, frankly, it saved me that uh, it somehow happened in the spring break of yeah. sure. the university where I worked. And then, so then we just, you know, okay, let's do it. So we're doing it. You know, it was uh, yeah. it was um, uh, just a quick decision. Um, if it didn't, then there, I mean, I, I literally couldn't. I mean, there's there's no, <laughs> yeah. no other way. Like, if, if it doesn't coincide, especially this tournament, which was uh, Thursday and Friday, right? I mean, the, yeah, the it depends on the flexibility, right? In my case, it, yeah, we're all tied to the academic calendar here. So, you know, it works, it works. <laughs> In fact, uh, for next year, I uh, uh, I already strategically placed my classes on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. There you go. Because I knew that this would for sure allow me, like no matter where they put Underworlds in the in the Nova awesome. weekend, awesome. <laughs> I would be able to go. Um, that's that's kind of that's that's how ridiculous the investment in this game, I guess. That's smart. <laughs> like, that's like, smart, though. You got to plan it. Yeah, planning, planning professional stuff around this thing. No, but I, to be honest, I feel, I feel, uh, you know, if it's twice a year, Nova, Adepticon, that we would have like a decent, a good like Underworlds showing. Yeah. That's that's something I'm happy to try to make, you know, every year. I mean, at least one, but if it's two, then in a way, you know, double the fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, there's so much we can tax the patience of our families, but you know, yeah. the, wow. if we can, you know, if we can, it's nice. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, I think we, we do want to honor your time and honor our own time here. Um, so uh, again, I just want to say thanks. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, it feels like a good spot to wrap up. I don't know if you have any closing remarks or. Final thoughts, no, just, just be thankful for uh, you having me here. It's great to see you guys as usual and uh, yeah. see you guys soon. Yeah, always and, a pleasure, Gerard. At the latest, at the latest uh, in DC, yes. in what is this, like half a year from now? Gosh, is it that, it, does, it is that far away, right? The end of the I mean, we're all, fire, we're all fired up, but it's four months. But it's, it's, four, it's only four months, four months. Yeah. 
For Hodge, okay. Away. I start off with you. We're doing much better, exactly. Yeah, that's okay. but, but in the meantime, like you're, it, we're usually on in the middle, of, like at, at night. So if you ever want to just get on, if you're painting your minis and you yeah. just want to get on and, and hang out, yeah, we're in our Discord. Oh, we're just hanging out. So just jump on our Discord and yeah, hang that's out. That's excellent. With us. I think, be... Yeah, I think um, and Jason I'm... invited me to it. Every now and then I've shown up just just with the excuse yeah. to hang out with Jason. So absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and I'm sure that we'll run into each other in the in the coming Vassal leagues. In the meantime. Exactly. I, I need to sign up for that, actually. I think the deadline is next week. Got to get this done. Another right. thing I strongly recommend to everybody who listens yes. to this, actually. It's Absolutely. a good way of getting practice. Yep. Yep. Great, great shot. opponents, great community there. Um, yeah, I've always had a good experience. So. People are helpful, yes. Um, give you pointers. It's just very nice. Yeah. That's good. Well, cool. Well, thanks again, Gerard. Um, and uh, yeah, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much. Anytime. Thanks, Gerard. All right, we'll take a break. And when we come back, uh, I think we're going to talk about Nova. And we're back. And now the moment we've all been waiting for. For two and a half years, we have not registered for the Nova Open. But that is no more. We are registered and ready to go i wow to think that this is what the nova started this whole thing and here we are going back and i i couldn't be more excited jared dude i am i'm so excited like people 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 (laughs) gaming community uh charity lounge yeah, the I, the lounge. Ooh, ooh. Oh, damn! Double Jackson coaxes. Ladies, we coming to see you. Us. We coming to see you. With our mugs, we are ready for our Double Jackson coaxes. <laughs> um, oh. but yeah, like it sparked. So, you know, before we get into the process, what we picked, all that stuff, but it has sparked some conversations with, with you know, between Discord and Instagram. Like there are some people. Yeah. That, we're really looking forward to seeing it out there and yeah haven't really talked to you in some time so yeah i mean yeah so i mean we have a you know we have a pretty small instagram following but but it's there um i think a lot of it uh, i think we got we have to say thanks to trace i think early on he was posting a lot of really well painted models yes um that kind of kicked some things off and then i've i've been doing work lately to get to get uh you know to paint models and then it just it's a a venue for me to post them just for fun um but there's one instagram uh, user warhammer okay who has followed us for a long time and was ready set go to meet us at nova 2020 uh we were going to meet up with him grab a beer with this guy um never met him before in person ever and then that didn't happen um but He's going and he's going with a buddy of his that's also on Instagram. Um, and so like it's just gonna be cool to like meet people that we've met virtually, like in the gaming community. And then I'm also excited about like meeting people that we've met at Nova, like seeing them yeah, again. So seeing them again. Yeah, John the um is one of the gentlemen that Trace and I got to play against in the uh 40k narrative the last time we were there. Um so he'll be back and we're excited to see him. Yeah, and then just meet people and play in events, and it'll be like I mean we've been local for 
like because we don't i mean even in a normal year we don't travel the, the no the talk talking heads on this podcast don't travel for games we don't have the ability to travel for games as much as we pine for them we don't so we've played for the last two and a half years we've played all local events all local shops and really it's only been in the last six months and now we get to go to this large con at least register for this large con where there's gonna be hundreds of people we're gonna see like the last time jared the last time we went to to this event we one of us walked away going mcp will be the game that i play that's right mcp is because of nova that's true yeah yeah so it's gonna be really really cool but with any registration for a large con yes there's always the day of launch and i wish danny was here because he would have great insight but Nova threw us a curveball this year. They went to a different web cart they service. Did. Yeah, so I think historically they had used their own, and mm-hmm. I think that that served them well enough. Um, but I think the 10th anniversary, the 2019 registration, like uh, that broke. I think it was 20 minutes after go time before any of us got registered. Um, and then so i think that they adopted this new system and i think that it's a system that is being used by other conventions but i don't know if the other conventions that have used it are as large or if it just happened to be like a a a software bug that just happened to hit on a saturday coming speaking from the software industry like generally you don't introduce changes over the weekend because you don't have staff usually like you throw out your big stuff, your big updates on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So maybe this they introduced something like Friday night and they didn't realize that it broke something until Saturday. I don't know. I'm literally just talking out of my butt right now. But <laughs> it definitely there was there was some breakage and some not being able to buy badges in for badges. Like 25 minutes. Badges. I don't need to show you my stinking badges. We don't need those thinking badges. <laughs> But uh, but we 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 did ultimately get registered. Yeah, and I will say once you know whoever clicked the button to enable the badges, it was really quick at that point. Um, yes. But it was really frustrating. Like we're all getting the the errors that everyone gets. But more importantly, like you could see all the tickets, but you couldn't select the tickets because you did not have a badge in your web cart, and the badges were like not turned on. It was yes. like like. This is cl- the registration is closed and it's like, no, it's not. Darn it. It yeah. is open as of 20 minutes ago. It's open. So. Um, and Danny got kind of frustrated with the the new system. It was it was a little funny and a little bit just normal con registration. Yeah. Um, and like, I think the only other thing that I would say is like the seems like the schedule came out. I felt like we were sitting there texting each other back and forth like all the events kind of got posted um i should say all some of them were posted just like the last morning so it was like oh and do you want to do this do you want to do that what about this over here but something really cool that we did book came out of the last minute postings yeah it did and uh that's right the highlight of this event for nova 
the Battle Mallet podcast. All four players will be playing together in Kill Team Live Laser Tag Open 4v4 12 team man tournament. Let's go. I don't know. If the, I don't know if the laser pack will fit over my bulbous body, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll make it fit. <laughs> what duct tape is for? <laughs> That's it. I'm bringing duct tape. Better be camouflaged so they can't see me. That's right. So that that's really cool. That is something that we got to um, signed up to, and it's Friday night for us. I mean, it's going to be fun. It is. It starts at like 8 o'clock at night. It's going to be three, three and a half hours. You're going to find me asleep like in yeah. the corner somewhere during the last <laughs> round, but I'll win. We'll win because nobody can find me to take nobody me out before me. time goes down. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll It'll be fun, and I'll try not to bring a real chopper. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so what else? Like we we kind of ran into just not um, server problems, but scheduling choices. Yeah. So for specifically you and I, this is the first time ever that Underworlds is not at night. It's true. Yeah, and I yeah. So I mean, I guess we can just kind of run through it, right? So mm-hmm. so so what we. Most of us will get there Wednesday night. Yeah. We'll go to the GW preview. Hopefully we will hang out in the lounge, but not right up until the preview like we did last time. Maybe we'll get downstairs a little before seven o'clock. Yeah. Well, there's 350 people at the preview. At least that's how many tickets are sold. Well, that's how many people were sold. That's how many people were at it last time. I think oh, that, I think that the gaming community being what the gaming community is, I don't think I don't think any of us really still like to sit in the front row of anything. And so that's why we were still like able to get like on able the third row. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um but yeah, so you, Trace and I will be at the GW preview. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday, Trace and I are gonna play in the Age of Sigmar doubles. So we'll rehash that. So um and that's always a it's a good time. It's it's a good way, I think, for me to in, to open the weekend because I don't feel pressure in that event because I'm not a cutthroat Age of Sigmar player. So it's just a good opportunity for Trace and I to hang out and meet other people and play a game and roll some dice and hopefully do like the one thing that we want that the doubles list that we build is designed to do. And yeah, we can just do that once. But like I was talking to Trace about it earlier, like if we go zero and three. Like, it's not going to bother me at all. Like, not even remotely. And and I I think for me, like, that's really nice because Friday. Well, before you get that, like. Okay. I Like, for the AOS doubles, I'm very happy that you guys were able to, to work that out. Because there was some debate on what we do play, what we don't play. Um, you know, I would have jumped in need be to play AOS doubles, but. I think it's well known. Like AOS is not my game. Like I play it only because you and Trace like the game. Sure. Um, so I'm glad that you, you know, both you and him worked out schedules and were able to get in. And and I truly am like I really do want to help with the hobby progress, a po- hobby project. Um, you know, that's something that kind of like has come up a couple of times for me. Like I need kind of a reason to paint and and do that type of stuff. So I would like to be included because it also is probably the one point of Nova that I feel disconnected with everybody. 
right? Yeah. It's just like, because Danny's not there yet. And so I'm just kind of like off doing my own thing. And my number one way to play any tabletop game is doubles. And unfortunately, like the event that we go to does not have, like this is one of, I think, two doubles events. Yeah. Because we used to sign up for the narrative just to play the doubles 40K. Correct. Um, it's just the way that I like to play my game. So I'm happy for you guys, happy to to, to pitch in um, and help. But I am a little envious. And while you guys are off doing that, I'm going to have my go at a casual kill team pod on Thursday. I like it. We'll see. You know, I, we'll see how that goes. I, for for the listeners, I want to say they break us down in pods of eight, and it's like a three-round thing, and it's supposed to be quick and painless. I could be wrong. It could be more rounds, but you definitely get broken down into pods, so you're not playing all 64 people that have registered. Um, yeah. And whatever. Like, I'll probably get smoked off the table because I understand Kill Team like nothing, but it's something to do, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, four four, four rounds, sixteen player pods. There we go. Four rounds. Four yeah. rounds. Four rounds of kill team. You know, playing the chaos space marines. That'll be more rounds of kill team than Trace and I will get of Age of Sigmar. Yes, yes, and it'll be the first time I've ever played a chaos faction in 40k. So it'll be great. Yeah. I don't know if that's what I'm taking yet. So it's right now. It's between the Vitiates and and uh, the Chaos Legionnaires, but yeah. We'll see how it all works out. Then, so then Thursday night, nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. And, and this is actually one of the things that I'm genuinely excited about because we don't have two rounds of Warhammer Underworlds to play that night. We can actually eat dinner at like a normal time on Thursday night. Not at like, like not at like 1030 at night. So just so everyone's aware. When Kill Team is over, I will go to dinner if that's what everybody wants to do. But I'm going to be pressing to play games every waking moment until my brain does not work anymore. Because that is one thing with the schedule that I I understand that from the social aspect, from like getting to like eat and do all that other stuff, playing Underworlds at night was a stretch. But the one thing when I walked away from Nova every year that we've gone that Monday, there's at least five minutes that I don't want to play another game. At least five. Nice. Which is rare for me. Yeah. It's rare. So, um, that is like, I like the jam pack schedule, but also too, like I will say when we jam pack the schedule, I normally do drop an event. So, right. Um, we'll see how it goes. And you guys have, I'm still debating whether to, hosted an event of my own that night so we'll see okay but then friday we kick it off and this is where the championship begins friday there it starts warhammer underworlds grand clash though as of as of this recording there's only 10 registered people but hey sign up now it's a long burn I yeah. just would, I'd like to hit 25 or 30. Yeah. But if all, if 12 show up, if 16 shows up, as long as everyone shows up, I'm ready to go. Like yeah. it's been, I have not been in an Underworlds tournament in years. Years. Literally years. Yep. 
hot take yeah. initial. What are you thinking? What are you gonna do? You take vampires to the Grand Clash? I don't know, man. You know that there's a lot of cards and a lot of warbands that'll probably come out before then, but you yeah, know. I don't know. It's probably just gonna be Yeltharis Guardians. <laughs> do it. Just revamp. Just revamp Nova 2019. There you go. Just take the same deck, actually. Yeah, the one that's not even remotely legal anymore because <laughs> those cards have rotated out. Well, what a fun. Um, I think Danny signed up for some board games on Friday. I, I think don't, so. I'm not yeah, certain like what game. Some learn to play stuff. Yeah, so I think Danny about be uh, partaking in that. And do we know what Trace is doing yet? I don't think we do. I think he was looking at maybe some painting seminars or uh, he had said something about maybe Battletech. I don't know. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll get to maybe get the chance to dip his toe into into something new or something different. Or maybe we'll just get him to sign up for the Grand Clash. Maybe we'll get him to sign up for the Grand Clash. That'd be sweet. And then we're going to have to eat dinner fast and it'll have to be light because then we have the kill team thing as we talked about. Yeah. And Saturday, this is where it really changes for us because I never thought we'd be here. Nope. Um, all four of us have signed up for Battle World Tournament, which is MCP, the actual GT part. This is Heat 2. Yep. Now, now, hopefully I can't make it. Hopefully this is the event that I drop. Hopefully, I mean, I'm speaking the same. Hopefully I won't make it either. Because we make the cut off of day one for the Underworlds tournament. So if there's any MCP players out there that didn't get a ticket, show up Saturday morning and just, you know, hope that I'm still playing Underworlds and then you can fill in my spot. Yep. Um, but if not, this is a, like, and the reason that it's shocking is I didn't, I never thought that we would take the step in MCP. This was always supposed to be our casual event or a casual game. We just like, hey, you want to play 15 power level? Like, let's randomly select these cards. And I'm playing X-Men. You're playing mutants. Like, let's go. Yeah. And now, as you allude to in the intro, that's not the case. Yeah, it's not. And I think what I like about it is, is that we're back to, for the time being at least, having a game where all four of us are in or all four of us are in on the same game um, because, you know, with Underworlds, Danny understandably dropped off. Just the game did not scratch his itch. And so then there were three and then traces dropped off for Underworlds because it no longer scratches the itch. And, and so then there were two for Underworlds, but you know, like you, me, and Trace were still kind of playing 40k, but Danny wasn't really into it anymore. And then Trace and I were playing Age of Sigmar, but neither you nor Danny were into it. And then you were in Age of Sigmar, but really only to get games in. So, yeah, it's nice to know that there is a game that is out there that, like, if we wanted to take a whole Saturday, the four of us could do like a round robin setup where we. Yeah where we do it and it and it is played with the intention of being competitive while we play. Yeah. Yeah, I I really wish like I'd be even more excited if this was MCP doubles like cuz that would be that would yeah. be. Woo. Or if but, it were, if 
I think the thing that would really sell you is if it was an MCP like crisis events. Yeah, but at, but that but that leads us to Sunday because I think that that's what Sunday is going to be. Yeah, I hope so. And that's, you know, so you know we all play in the tournament, and I'm sure out of you know four of if all four of us play, I'm hopeful that one of us makes the cut because it's the top four. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, whatever. Hold on. Hold on. We we've really prepped and really I'm the really top four, committed. Yeah, the top four placings. So the top from each heat. So if you get in the top four, you make it to Sunday, which is the final, the top eight. Great. Maybe one of us will make it. Maybe not. Who cares? Because I'm signed up on Sunday as we all are signed up on Sunday for MCP danger room casual event, And that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping we can go there and I I hope that we can both be on the same team and we can go beat up an Ultron or we can go beat up a Dramamu like, Yes. I would love for those things that to be what the event is. Yep. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. I would be super stoked for that. Yeah. MCP has definitely got the band back together. So yeah. It's kind of kind of exciting, although let's not turn it up to eleven yet, gentlemen. Let's just let's just keep it at a, an eight. Do, an eight? Do an eight? Yeah. Just an eight. Yeah. I understand that this amp goes to 11, so it's louder, but I I would like to keep it at an eight. Okay. (laughs) We can do that. Well, I'm going to be forced to keep it at an eight. We we talked about this before. And playing and getting ready for my game, you know, I'm scrolling through the Cerebro MCP or whatever it is. Basically, uh, everything will always be the Underworld's DB of whatever game it is. This is the online resource for building a roster yeah. whatever for mcp um and there are a lot of like you know uh extraction and secure cards that i don't have and there are a like a ton of tactics cards that i don't have and did you know that there are restricted cards in this game jason um i knew that there was one but i didn't know there was more than one so. there are there's more than one and they are highlighted in yellow on this <laughs> thing and I'm like, oh, that would be a cool card to have. I don't own that box. I'm not going to buy that box. So, I mean, I think for me, like, it will probably stay at an 8. I don't know that it will ever go to an 11. Yeah. Because I bought the core box, and I literally did not buy any other miniatures in any of the releases until they released Mutants. So, like, I don't have... Conda, I don't have any of the additional Cabal, any of the additional Criminal Syndicate, I don't have any of the extra Avengers. I don't have I don't have any of it. I don't have any of the extra Spider-Man, Spider-Foes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would agree that you because you're not gonna buy everything, um, you probably stay at an eight. And I do have a lot more than than most um but lately i have even i've fallen off like i didn't get the inhumans i haven't bought the new x-men um i did buy juggernaut because it's the juggernaut um yeah but uh you've taught me that right like right like slow down it's not fomo like just you just don't wait. need it don't need it i don't play with what i have 
Um, so it is what it is. So maybe it does stay in eight. I just, I don't want it to go to 11, but it, you know, if it does, it does like I'm there, like, you know, I'm ready for the arms race. Like it's good. Yeah. But it, but it has been fun to have a, here is, let's just get together and let's take three hours to play a game and not care that it's taking three hours to play the game because we're having fun the whole time. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the refreshing things for me is like not knowing. So like even the game that we played and then, Oh, I didn't mention in the hobby, but like I, I last week I got to play with Danny. So I got two games of MCP in as well. So how nice. um, I played shocker Avengers um, but I brought Thor, which I haven't brought Thor since like the first time I played that game, which was cool. Um, and he played Black Order. Um, it went really well for the Avengers. Um, Black Order, I think, is going to take Danny some time to figure out how to play with just four models. Yeah. But it, but anyway, like the games take longer because I'm figuring it out. Like I don't, unlike when we would play 40K or unlike when we play Underworlds, I know what the synergies are in my deck. I know what the synergies are when we were playing 40k. Yeah. Like MCP, I have stopped. Like I don't even read the cards when they're posted on the website. Like I'm really cool that Nick Fury's come out. I have like I know that he gets some sort of like shield agent figure, but I have not read the card because I don't want my brain to go there. Yeah. Like I'm super excited for the new Daredevil because Daredevil, I love, like that, and I. I'm excited for the new Daredevil because I never knew there was a bad Daredevil, like the Shadow War or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I'm super excited for that. But he also has ninjas. And I have, like, okay, what are what are ninjas? I don't know. Yeah. When I see the cards, I look at the threat level. I'm like, is it two, three, four, five, six? That tells me if they're good or not. That's where I stop. There you go. <laughs> But, you know, it's all like to your point, you texted that earlier that like that is the group game and it's excited to try to get the band back together. Um, more excited that at least for Sunday, 100 percent of us will be in the same room playing the same game. So, yeah. And actually, I think that will be. Well, I mean, yeah, since we're not doing the 40K narrative. Yes. That's going to be like the only opportunity for that to happen. Yeah. So. In the previous years we've gone, we've played the 40K narrative where Danny and I at least were playing the same game. And then you and Trace would jump in for a game or two. Yep. So it'll be cool. And, you know, you know, if the organizers are listening, like I'd love to see those crisis events or some sort of doubles events. Give, give me something. No. Let me sit next to my buddy while I play. Yeah. Not across the table. I don't want to beat up the same guy I've been beating up for two years. So, yeah, right. Um, you know, the last comment that we'll make about Nova, like we talked about the lounge a little bit, talked about our free time in the evenings. So, both like Wednesday, Thursday, um, Saturday, like we are the first time we've ever had like a full evening of nothing planned out. Um, but the, the event is going to be a little bit strange because normally in between our other events, like, for example, when we're like I'm at lunch on kill team, I would normally run down and watch your game or go to lunch with you guys. Now the event is spread across two hotels. Yeah. 
And I know that the Age of Sigmar stuff, all of it, is in the new hotel, which is across the street. But having been there, that hotel is not across the street. It's like about no. a block away. So it's a it's an easy walk. Sure. But it is a block away. Yep. So how do you think that that plays into it all? I mean, I think it's going to create a more disjointed experience for groups that are traveling together that are playing separate games. But, I mean, I think it, it helps. Like, you know, I think about the people that I see that play the Age of Sigmar narrative. Like, those players are all in. Mm-hmm. And I understand why, because the team that runs it, like, they do a great job. Like, I read the primer out of curiosity. And if you're playing in the Age of Sigmar narrative, you get to, like, you can bring your own monster. You they Like, it is encouraged for you to kitbash some monster that ties into your faction in some way. And it can be as large as a Mega Gargan. And then during the event, because it's placed in the realm of Gur, it is going to be your army's beast, and that beast is going to change and evolve throughout the weekend based on how it performs in missions and things. And so, like, the people that play the Age of Sigmar narrative, like, that's their whole Nova experience. And so for that to be in one place and then to not have to work around and walk around and go through the floors that are hosting the 40K events, I think is pretty cool. Um, And the same thing can be said for the 40K players that are all in on 40K for the whole week that they have like a dedicated space. Like I think that's really cool. And it, and it is going to provide probably like a better, cleaner experience for those players. I think where you run into problems was where you have somebody that's going to play the age of Sigmar doubles and then Warhammer underworlds and then MCP or kill team and then Warhammer underworlds and then MCP. So I think, I think it has pluses for some attendees and it's, I think it's going to have minuses for the other attendees. And I just feel really bad for anyone that's hotel whose hotel room is in the other hotel and not in the Regency where the, or the lounge is. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, like not only was the, whatever it is, the crystal Renaissance crystal, I think it's called or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The main yeah. hotel that we've been at for previous years, not only was the room rate cheaper, right? Yes. So it was like 25 bucks cheaper for us. It's a four night stay, yep. right? One, two, three, four nights. Yeah. Four nights stay. So that's a hundred bucks. So right there, it kind of like made my decision for me, but the, the kicker is at night we're going to the lounge and I don't want to have to walk down the street. Nope. So, um, I was trying to figure out what hotel it was. Yeah. They're both good, but like, yeah, the, the other hotel, they have some sort of food venue. Yeah. I think they're going to have like a, like a dedicated food, like food court kind of thing, which will be nice. It'll be cool. So, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long way out. Like we're still what? Five months away. Like just about five months. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but that's going to fly by, man. It's going to go so fast. It is, but it isn't. I don't know. I feel like if it, if if the past two and a half years have been any indication of how I perceive time, I think it's just going to, I think we're going to sail right into it. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably I'm right. O- I'm okay with. I am, but there's, I just want to play a lot of games. I I want not a cons 
every month, Jerry. I mean, I think I have enough leave to do that. I think I can I, take one Friday off every month. I don't. I, I probably do, but I think that would be frowned upon in this establishment from yeah. from management. I, so I think I think that we are no longer balancing life and games at that point. <laughs> I think the I think the scales have fully tipped if, if we fully start tipped. trying to play that game. Fully tipped, yeah. Um, I guess this would be the great point to give a big shout out to my wife and my in-laws that make it possible for me even to pie in the sky and schedule the Nova trip. So balancing life in those those games um, wholeheartedly comes down to Sarah takes a beach trip with my in-laws during that weekend to lighten the load of having to wrangle two children um, while I am gone for five days. Yeah. Uh, so thank you yes. to them. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm literally going to echo that. Although my family doesn't take a beach trip, um, my in-laws are heavily involved in, in my children's lives and are super helpful, especially on that weekend. And with the fact that the world is opening back up and I will start traveling for work again, it is just, uh, I cannot thank Daniela enough for, for providing the means for me to be able to do trips like this. Yeah. Well, good, good. Oh, great. You're traveling more. Awesome. That means Friday lunch buyers are going to be impacted. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> it's okay. We'll do like a Tuesday lunch buyer or something. It'll yeah. be fine. Oh, it's the same, same thing with my work too. Like I got, I have rides this week and rides in two <laughs> weeks. Like everyone's coming out and, and getting back out there, which is a great thing. Cause Yes. It's because of that that uh, we're able to do these things. And more importantly, it's be- because of that setting that we're allowed to have huge hundreds of people cons, yep. um, which we which we all need. Well, that's the, the excitement around Nova. That's the schedule that the Battle Mallet podcast has come up with for all of our our, our talking heads and co-hosts. Uh, can't wait to get some practice games in, work on some hobby with the team, uh, and just keep forging this road to Nova. Uh, so with that, we'll take a break and we'll come out for the outro or come back for the outro, come out for the outro, whatever. It's fine. And we're back and that rounds us out. Um, so, uh, this has been episode 36, Secondary Objectives, Adepticon, Nova, and more. Uh, I, I do want to say thanks again to Gerard Pedro for opening some time in his schedule. Uh, the professor, for anyone that knows him on uh, Discord or, or part of the remote uh, Underworlds gaming community. Um, you know, it was really cool to talk to him and, and hear his thoughts on uh, the current Underworlds meta, his experience at Adepticon, and uh, he is also looking forward to Nova, so we'll see him there. Um, uh, as I mentioned in that segment, uh, there will be a link to the Set the Tempo blog, um, where uh, Graham wrote an article about uh, the professor's deck, um, so you can get kind of a, a more in-depth competitive analysis of that deck there. Um, so check out the Set the Tempo blog, uh, of course. And then, uh, yeah, so I guess, we're, I mean, we're just, we're looking forward to Dova, looking forward to get getting prep games in in the meantime. Um, tons of releases between now and then. I don't do, has, 
Have there been any like big teasers from Atomic Mass Games as, as far as upcoming releases? I don't think Not so. I don't think I'm I don't, aware. Of. I don't well, think that. No, I mean the only like the card update, right? So like the yeah, card they're... updates out there, but it'd be real nice to get those cards. But I haven't seen, I haven't seen any um... like a wave, a wave release. Not for MCP. They just announced a whole bunch of Legion stuff. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean they're managing multiple games. It's to, I mean, I'm I don't fault them. I, you know, no. production issues being what they are, and and all that stuff. Speaking of production issues, so this didn't come up, but in theory, Jason, if you're gonna mention your train again, I'm just gonna, I'm literally just gonna sign out now. My my monster wargaming, uh, Metropolis terrain should start shipping out this month. What the email said, but Listen, it's not going to. I'm going to be sitting at Emma's graduation from high school, and you're going to be like, oh, Jason. I got I another got, email. I got an email for this terrain. I can't wait to get it. And we're going to be playing like 60 millimeter scale. It's going to be like, Jared, like the terrain doesn't, doesn't fit anymore. Oh, but it's going to come this month. It'll be awesome. Oh, get out of here. I, it's not coming. It's not happening. It'll never. I just just throw that money away. Just pretend like it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Like literally, you just be better off like going to your mailbox and one day being like, "Holy crap! Like look what came in." You're right. I should I should block that email and just pretend like I didn't order it. I don't. I mean, I got a Kickstarter. Yeah, I got a Kickstarter that. I mean, it's not past due yet. It ships, I think, this year. But I don't even open them. Like I signed up, I did all the pledge manager, I did everything. They send us an update every month, like clockwork. It's a great company. One day it's just gonna show up. No okay. idea. Just gonna maybe be that, there. Maybe that's a better idea. Better attitude. Life lessons from Jason. <laughs> Round Kickstarter. Because <laughs> remember when I pre-ordered that aliens game that I, I do. never played and it took five years to get it. I do oh, remember it was that. So crazy. Good times. Good times. Oh, yeah. Nice. So Nova, that's going to happen. Nova. You can bring in a train to Nova. Yeah, there we go. Well, it, it supposedly packs flat. So, oh, there we go. You know, in 30 years when I finally get it. <laughs> yeah, so I guess this is it, right? Nothing else? Any closing remarks? Closing thoughts? Nope. Oh, well, for the Battle Mallet Podcast... We are just two dads. Hanging out. Hanging out. Talking about games. This is Jared signing out. And I'm Jason Table Move. New Murray. Get the hell out of here. Peace. podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats.
Just don't ask questions, Danielle. Just don't <laughs> ask questions. 